were bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. Surfing 18. I almost said my name for some reason when I first done that. <laughs> it's Space Surfing 18, or you can call me Pam. It's fine. We're going to get intimate tonight. So, yeah. <laughs> we are talking about Kurt and, you know, my favorite subject Kurt and sex. Sex. Oh, sex. <laughs> <laughs> and I've already got yeah. a rowdy bunch. <laughs> Rowdy bunch of guests with me. Uh, so go ahead and introduce yourselves, guys. I'll go first. Um, I'm um, Kelly Kurt McKinnon on Tumblr. I'm Julia Redheaded Gleek on Tumblr. And I am Snarky Hag on Tumblr. Oh, and Pillow Fork. And in life. And in life. And, and, and always. Every, everywhere I go, she's always there. <laughs> I think I've done that every time you've been on lately. <laughs> and always. She'll I'm definitely here to sleeping. live up to my reputation of making this an explicit podcast. <laughs> oh. oh, man. So, yeah, we are. Yeah, let's just break the ice. We're talking about Kurt and sex. Um, and not just sex. I mean, you know, sensuality and roman- romanticism and all the stuff that kind of gets into the intimacy um yeah <laughs> what did you, did you say intimacy yeah did you just say intimacy <laughs> well it because intimacy out. is intimidating oh it can, be. can be especially Ooh. when you're a host and you really didn't look at your notes before starting this so <laughs> <laughs> all right so actually um to start it off we're gonna i kind of want to talk about 
you know, Kurt, and the, the first thing that a lot of people usually come up with are like, oh, Kurt and then, you know, the baby penguin line, and they kind of associate mm-hmm. that, or we get a lot of media that's like, Kurt is very sexless, and this is kind of going to be a podcast to kind of destroy those, two, that. <laughs> <laughs> those two comments. Um, but uh, first of all, I kind of want to start out, uh, you know, it, thinking about why or how Kurt managed to get um, some of his ideas about sex. And I kind of looking at his upbringing and kind of looking at like, you know, what he was like as a child and how kind of, you know, the idea, the ideas of our own sex and all of that stuff kind of developed um, since he was little, like, what do you think Bert and his mom kind of, you know, not necessarily taught him explicitly about sex, but about, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what, I need a better, like, not just sex, but what is the other, like, relationships and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they had a good relationship, Kurt and his mom. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. I mean, just from what we've heard in canon, we can, it seems, it seems like he, they had a good relationship, a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, he was obviously quite young when she died, so how their relationship would evolve over him becoming a teenager is something that we don't know, but I think we can certainly infer that they were close and um, that um, they talked a lot, unless yeah. that's a, a fandom thing, I don't know. Oh, one thing that just occurred to me now is um, I was reading something about, because um, I know that well, Kurt's mother died, and my father died when I was young, about 10 years old, in elementary school like Kurt. And so, and I was reading an article, um, I think like a year or so ago, about um, how the effect that that has on a person growing up. And one of the effects of, it does affect your relationships, your intimate relationships, like just, mm-hmm. just relationships with people in general. It does, like people who've lost a parent at a young age, they do tend to kind of be hesitant or be kind of shy when it comes to relationships and getting close to someone again. That's mm-hmm. thing that just popped into my head that, that I think relates to Kurt a lot. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely makes I mean, a lot of sense. We have no reason to think otherwise, but I also think that we're sort of tangentially explained that the Hummel house was like a very loving home with parents yeah. who treated each other well and, they had a happy marriage with lots of little I love you's and not too much PDA because Kurt's little, but probably still like that sweetness, that tenderness. Yeah, um, I cannot, yeah that, Kurt definitely like, I has see. that side to him. Yeah. And I'm guessing they were hugging a lot or like, you know, little pecks on the cheek or stuff like that. And, yeah. and, you know, Kurt probably picked that up. I mean, he does seem like he's part of a very loving household. Um, I also think that. You know, he, they probably did watch a lot of musicals and Disney movies yes. and oh, yeah. a lot of things where, like, the high romanticism comes out. And it's, like, it is very, you know, the touch of the fingers and the and the, all of this, you know. Like, I don't think he was exposed to a lot of, like, explicit imagery as a kid, judging by I the also, way when he looks at I those. I also uh, think that Kurt had a lot of, a lot of the physical part of the parenting was from his mother just because it's very typical. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the fact that Bert held his hand at the funeral was so big and so moving. A lot of times fathers and sons 
fathers, not the sons. They're just little. They don't know what they're doing. Fathers, like they don't know what to do with a small, soft thing if they weren't really taught that and it doesn't come naturally. So a lot of his physicality of intimacy, sitting close to someone on the couch, um, sharing a certain level of physical space, like all of that kind of stuff is probably much more wrapped up in his his mom because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. just very typical. And so Bert's there and he cares, but with a little more physical distance. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're totally right about yeah. the kind of media that he would have taken in from eight and under with his parents because really if your kid is squeamish at all, like that's it. Those are the movies you watch. That's right. It. Like you wouldn't, I mean, you maybe wouldn't also be interested in doing something else, but you do things that are age appropriate. So your child doesn't get nightmares. Um, right. And if they lean into it at all, and it's something you enjoy, it's something I've experienced as a parent. You know, if I, if I watch something, a musical that I saw when I was a kid and my kid likes it, well, then I'm going to watch it again because I kind of like it and they kind of like it. And thank God it's not some other boring thing. Um, so it's very easy to have a sort of like repetition of shared things. And that allows you to start to form ideas about emotions, about romance, about all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you're right that it's the kind of non-explicit behavior that could easily follow him into his early teens because everything is fade to black. Everything yeah. is moving towards a passionate kiss and then fade to, fade to black. All of the stuff that's coded as sex is just dancing. Um, and young Kurt isn't going to have any idea what happens after that. And right. young preteen teen gay Kurt isn't necessarily going to know what there is between him and the other extreme of, mm-hmm. you know, what people fear is happening at Pride in New York on the weekends, you know? Right. <laughs> like, well, you know what else I was thinking? The Folsom Street Fair, you know, like that's just, he's, he's, you know, he's a little kid in Ohio, kind of before the age of the internet even. I mean, kids mm-hmm. are just a lot more sheltered. You know, what it, it just thought, it occurred to me that Bert's, pretty much a gentleman too he's not the one that's going to be sitting like oh yeah look at that girl hike her skirt up oh he's yeah he's not never. that type of dad never, so never. he's not having that kind of influence either like he doesn't have very many he doesn't have very many friends in general he doesn't have very many other role models in his life so media is really where he's getting a lot of his information and, well, and i was also thinking about how you know he lost his mom i think around eight or nine and eight and nine, ten was when, you know, I had the first maturation classes in, you know, elementary school yeah. when they were teaching you about how your body was changing. And that was like some of the first introductions to what sex was in a sort of clinical, but, you know, starting to say, oh, you're going to experience feelings. And he never got that opportunity to really have the non-clinical kind of conversation with his parents. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think Bert was bringing it up. He probably signed the this um, permission slip that, you know, Kurt could participate, but I don't think he's going to be sitting there and bringing that up for dinner. And no, even if they even had have. that class. I mean, some, some kids don't even have the, 
you know, you're going to have to shower more often because your body's changing. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, some or kids really don't bad. even get that. <laughs> and Kurt never would have had any kind of, oh, I'm sorry, were you? No, sorry, I was just interrupting. you. Said. No, you're Kurt fine. never would have had any, um, when he's watching these images in the media, like the other, like most of the other boys and girls, like, you know, 80, 90% of the other boys and girls, they're looking at, they're seeing these male, female couples and they're looking at that thinking that they would want that someday. But Kurt didn't have anyone Kurt didn't have any male couples in the mm-hmm. media at and say, "Oh, I want, I'm, you know, I might want, you know, a nice boyfriend one day." Yeah. So that also affected his upbringing a lot. And I think I have a friend who grew up in California. She's in her 30s, and she was raised in a religious household, not like crazy sister wife kind of religion, just regular <laughs> standard Christianity where you don't talk about certain things. And she and her husband met in college at their Christian college. And when it came time for sex, both of them had no clue mm-hmm. what to do at all. Like they had oh, goodness. They serious fumble. No idea because they were never taught. They were never taught any mechanics. You know, there were no pamphlets for that. And yeah. it was just never discussed. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't have a way to get those resources, there's all kinds of creative parts of your brain that grow and flourish that just don't happen on what I might call like the normal timeline. And what I'm yeah. going to call oh, yeah. the normal timeline for the rest of this podcast is Kurt in comparison to all the other teenagers in Lima. Yeah, yeah I have seen there's a couple tweets that um, I, I've saved this basically said that um you know, when you're, especially when you're gay or any, or it could apply to any other circumstance where you're limited somehow it, or, or, you know, where you're, you don't have media representation. You kind of have like a delayed adolescence. Yes. And it's easier now with kids coming out younger, but I mean, most, but there's still a lot of people that are coming out later and, it, and, it, and you know, you kind of have like a second adolescence or at least a delayed adolescence because you don't have the same early experiences that other people, your peers do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you yeah. are going through it twice. If you if you if you discover something that's a better fit for you, thinking that you were one way, right, you have a exactly. whole other set. Kurt doesn't have that, but he still has that same delay because his opportunities, his information, his opportunities, everything is just less. And on top yeah, of everything else, he's terrified. Yeah, he was oh, yeah. Very- Isolated too. Like he didn't really have. He couldn't. Talk, you know, after his mom died, he couldn't talk to his dad really for a few years. He didn't really have any friends. He was very isolated. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And, and while I, he may want to talk to his dad, when his dad brings the pamphlets, he's like, "Oh no, no, oh, yeah. no! I don't think he this has is any, not the kind of talk I want to have." No, I don't. I don't, I don't think, think anyone wants to have that conversation. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, he doesn't seem to. to well, and uh, so I just have a couple of thoughts about young Kurt, and um, one is that I'm wondering, like. You know, he probably started to feel attraction, like, you know, watching these movies and then the princes are really attractive and like, wow, like, I like that prince. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, right away, sometimes you don't. Kurt seemed to be in denial. Um, I I do think that he was aware of himself, but was trying to downplay that part of himself. Oh, yeah. Um, I get a sense that he was downplaying it for self-preservation. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he also is someone who wasn't afraid of the things that were feminine. He's in the ballet class. Right. He's doing, I mean, as much as he's, 
you know, hiding when we see him in 2009, he's not dressed in a flannel. Right. <laughs> I mean, exactly. he's not. <laughs> exactly. Well, and he does say in Sexy, that's the other thing I wanted to bring up. He does say in Sexy, he tried to watch those movies. So um, he's attempted to watch porn before season two. Um, yeah. Yeah, though, I mean, porn is really bad. I mean, most porn is really <sighs> terrible. So I, terrible quality. So I can understand why that would you turn off exactly well and also like when he um gets the magazines from april Rhodes. i mean oh, he is yeah. this is the start he of is like all in when he gets those <laughs> magazines like the look on clutching him to his bosom there <laughs> i love her i love her she's in See, so that's when i think after the prager stuff is really when i think he starts kind of embracing you know his sexuality and then I have to wonder if he just kind of like tried to turn it off, like, oh, that guy's really attractive, but I'm not supposed to be attracted to him. I'm whatever. And, and, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he has an internal struggle of telling the rest of the world to fuck off and also being concerned about the world. Because remember, also, when he, when he uh, goes out for the football team, the coach says, like, what do you think about, uh, like having 10 giant guys barreling down on you looking for your virgin <laughs> right. blood. And he's like, I'm in. I, yeah. <laughs> Where's the sign up? <laughs> yeah. Sounds like fun. Oh, I believe is what he says. Sounds like fun. So, you know, he's not, he's not a baby penguin. I hate that no. line. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is why we're here. We're here to dismantle that. Um, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure like every young teenage boy and even pre-teenage boy i'm sure they tried a little experimentation in there too i don't think i am really hard pressed to believe that kurt never touched himself before blank got there first i mean come on let's not be naive <laughs> i think um and you know I'm, I'm no expert uh i think with uh the male anatomy there's a certain amount of stuff that you just can't ignore yeah, I think yeah. I think female anatomy can sometimes ignore things differently, um, mm-hmm. but I think it's more, for lack of a better term, in your face. I guess I'm going to go yeah. in your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little more external. <laughs> yeah, go clinical. It's like, oh, this is a thing. This thing's happening, and it <laughs> won't. It will not stop. I not cannot. to mention, yeah, like you, you did, yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, okay, that is has a life of its own now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so kind of looking at this a little bit chronologically, you know, we get into season one, and, uh, you know, I don't buy the whole baby penguin stuff here at all, because you've got Push It, which... Is, well, okay, this oh is a good time God. to really get into Push it is hilarious. <laughs> performance it. versus reality. Because I do think Hertz feels more comfortable in his skin when, at first, in this early era, when he's kind of putting on a show or being somebody else. Because um, there are well, look at of, how look at how comfortable he and Mercedes are with each other. With all, yeah. I mean, throughout the seasons, with that level of. Uh, touching another person which they don't do with anyone else but each other mm-hmm. they're super fine with it and they have this performance and it's hilarious and amazing and he does kind of cross the line a little bit because he's feeling it um but I, I think the push it performance is great because they're all happy with it you know none of them are embarrassed well i guess finn's embarrassed when he gets the butt flap but 
It was supposed to be kind of over the top, silly, kind of, it was almost yeah. like in a silly kind of sexual way. If that makes it sense. Was. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. It achieved it. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. Achieved its goal. <laughs> but yeah, I think like on top of like watching the Disney musicals or whatever, when he gets to be a teenager, you start watching these music videos and, and stuff that's on television and like, you know, just even think of single ladies and like he's swiveling those hips. I mean, he's emulating what he sees. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you remember the, um, the panting reaction to Jesse's girl? That's not romance. Oh yeah. <laughs> <That's> not, <laughs> there's no romance. Happening. Oh, I've forgotten no. about that. That is, Oh, I'm, that so was on I'm wearing hello. a long coat. Set <laughs> and hello with, Hello. And then, oh yeah. And then yeah. Kurt and then Finn's when Finn's singing, he's like, Yeah. 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 He's like panting. <laughs> yeah. It's so Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Well, and um He also tells Mercedes that he's been practicing kissing his elbow for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Which exactly. okay, you know, that's a little bit PG, but I think it's really interesting that, you know, Mercedes Mercedes thought they were going on dates, but Kurt yeah. didn't because there wasn't anything physical. Remember, Kurt also thought he and Blaine were going on dates, and Blaine, I think, was considerably more flirty and more physical. <laughs> but Mercedes <laughs> thought these were dates for a reason, and the reason Kurt didn't is because there was no tender crook of the elbow going on, and that for sure has to be part of the equation for him to understand it that way. I also think that he was aware enough that, hey, I'm gay, this is just a friend. And I, I think also, wow, this girl is being my friend and is being, you know, kind to me and touching me nicely. It is, you know, I'm going to, he might've even been aware that. I mean, oh, I'm in, just saying like she, she understood it coded as a date because right. that's all the date is for her because she wasn't thinking about going further. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, she thinks a little bit about kissing, and Kurt's like, yeah, I've been practicing. Clearly, that pays <laughs> off. What was he doing with that elbow? Jesus. <laughs> practicing. I mean, we see the first few. Oh. Yowzers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. Brittany must have helped. Um, but anyway. action. <laughs> But yeah, let's start. Let's uh, jump into this. Um, the the stuff with Finn because I do think that's a very um, that's a very lustful crush. That's this guy's hot and he's nice to me, and I'm starting to get him in my bedroom. Yeah, there's a lot of like if I can just you know get him to cry into my shoulder pads, just get him in my clutches. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, how can I, even when I was th- I'm thinking of Ballad, when he's trying to position himself in a, oh like, God. seductive way, and he's like, mm-hmm. what if I just sit like this, and I just pay really good attention, and they get really good advice, and he'll mm-hmm. just come to me, and yeah. <laughs> he's going to lure him in. I mean, yeah. I get it. I, I'm i lured in. But, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, the thing is, this is what... This is what's frustrating about the baby. Like, he is not a baby penguin. He is a baby Slytherin because he is conniving. He is Chris actually positioning. He is absolutely like, I don't want to be the one to do it because I don't want to get punched in the face in case I'm wrong. But I'm going to seduce you towards yeah. me. I mean, what do you think the hmm. bedroom was in theatricality? <laughs> the that was a love nest. 
the bedroom. As I believe I said on a different podcast, that bedroom, had Blaine shown up to that bedroom, it would have been all on. Because he would have been like, this bedroom is exactly what I want. This is so romantic and I love it. Uh, I the mean, first guess, time would have happened a lot earlier. Bert thought he was just being like weird because Bert didn't understand that he had made an orgy pit. I mean, it was like... <laughs> Well, but it, it's it's kind of cute too, in a way that like it is you know, kind of cute. It's, in, in, in a, it's a, romantic well, seduction. It's the yeah. come what way movie set. It's it's all of those things where he's just you it's know he's the just movie creating romance. an atmosphere. Yes. He's creating an atmosphere, and if if things go that way, he's fine with it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, does he really? I don't think he gets in these fantasies with Finn. I don't know if he gets that far. Um, but I do think, you know, he's definitely like making out with Finn in his head and like just that yeah, slow, and his like, elbow probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, it, it's a sweet, like, you know, this, mm-hmm. you know, Disney esque, mm-hmm. like romantic kiss and yeah. kind of laying, standing. They're standing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can lay him down on the bed, and then it fades to black, and then whatever happens after That's that true. happens after that. On the fainting but, couch, probably more than yeah, the bed, but yeah. He was still what sixteen, seventeen years old, and he really didn't have, and so he was still very, very young, and, and he yes. and he didn't have any like role models or anything. So I, I don't, he didn't really know what what was gonna what was supposed to come after. Or, exactly. So it, well, there's a lot. There's lots of options. Who knows what someone might choose. Yeah. <laughs> And would he have known that before he got the pamphlets? <laughs> um, well, he would have known about some of them if he watched the porn. Already yeah. possibly. Okay. The very, the very visual. Yeah. Visual. But I, I'm guessing you didn't think about that. Like, oh, that looks weird. I don't know if I want to do that. We'll just, you know, do what feels nice to me, which maybe, you know, can be whatever, you know, he does in his private time. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I love how he's not saying things. Oh, okay. however he masturbates. There we go. <laughs> I was trying Especially to be. Especially because you said does in his private time. And it, in my head, I didn't think, shockingly, I didn't think of her masturbating. I instead thought about him like laying scars like over the lamps and like creating a mood. And, like, <laughs> I do think he probably spent more that time decorating. to me. For, for like making for he had the swatches going in his private time. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I just try not to be crude, Snarky. Yeah, um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's probably but, uh, growing lavender just somewhere in the yard just for the occasion. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but the point. I'm, you know, we're all trying to make care is that Kurt is still a sexual being even mm-hmm. in season one. And oh, yeah, the, the, the and cross- he definitely crosses the line with Finn. Yeah. And doesn't pay attention. He's in his own fantasy. and He doesn't pay attention to the level of discomfort that Finn has. And some mm-hmm. of that is the fact that um, when you see Finn having the bigger parts of that discomfort, Kurt's not there. Mm-hmm. He's only, it's just when, when it's the two of them in a relationship is kind of nice. So it's really easy for Kurt to accidentally romantically manifest this whole other thing because he's not seeing the repercussions of whatever else is happening for Finn out there in the world that he's not in. He's just in his own head. He's yeah, Like everyone he, he made the whole thing all up in his head. Yeah. Does he have, 
in season one only are there any times when he is like crushing on somebody else other than finn or like you know like in season you know how in season three like when uh, ricky martin comes in he's like oh god yes i'm trying to think i don't think there is in season one no i don't think there was no i don't think he really there aren't any other non-detestable male characters yeah that's true there's like coach tanaka will the other guys in the glee club ryerson (laughs) (laughs) and even jesse i don't think yeah, I mean, Jesse like belittled him from the very beginning about he's singing girl songs. Hating. So he's yeah. too busy hating Jesse. Yeah, I was gonna say that's yeah. Um, okay, I just I, okay. So let's talk about Brittany for a second because he does, you know, <laughs> get it on with Brittany a little bit. Um, Sorry, he does yeah. lay on the fainting couch. It's experimental. <laughs> it's definitely like, well, maybe if I try this, I'll like girls, or maybe if I try this, you know. I'll see what kissing is like. I, I, but if Britt hadn't come downstairs to the murder mystery dinner, I think Brittany would have gone for it. <laughs> she probably would have. I think she, she would have stopped her. There's no reason but... not to. I'm just saying she would have continued on her trajectory. She has a trajectory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's got a. I don't think she know, had any reason to, to maintain. Stop. No, yeah. she didn't. I mean, if he said he didn't want to, I think she would. But. Yeah. She has well, she has no boundaries in that way. She's fine. I mean, she it. was running her hand up his leg. He was she stopping was. it. She was. <laughs> Cause yeah. I mean, and then you can t- definitely tell, like, through his dialogue, he's trying to picture a guy doing that with him mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. her. Um but yeah. Oh, Brittany. Yeah. I could very much imagine him being like, Can you sit up and not rest your boobs on me? <laughs> 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 oh man um but yeah i'm okay, pretty so, sure he's wearing overalls too <laughs> yes <laughs> he's trying to emulate his dad so um, sexy. we're trying to get Overall. as covered up as possible there <laughs> that, that too um yeah i'm just trying to think if there's anything else in season one worth mentioning before i kind of take it to sam and i can't think of anything else that he is because what happens is the Finn thing really puts the brakes on because he starts mm-hmm. to have yeah, other outside concerns, mm-hmm. yeah, which I, I can really relate to because I really, there was, you know, a period of my teen trajectory where there was like, you know, things were going a particular way. And then there was some sort of social incident that made me feel like, wait a minute, whoa, like, no, like, I don't want to. I don't want to continue that far that fast. I want to do something else. I want to be, I want to be more in control of of the situation. So I could see him just sort of being in limbo for a little while. Yeah. And that's when he started to think that he was a baby penguin. Well, that's where that came from was it was because of the bullying and the Finn incident. He really put the brakes on himself. Like, yeah. And really like, like shoved those feelings away. Like Rachel, push the feelings away, you know, and <laughs> turn them off. Because there were consequences. Exactly. He was humiliated and bullied and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and that's out what to be a predator. Exactly. So, well, even his, yeah. you know, even his father ended up not completely supporting him over it either. Yeah, because yeah, you know that his father went back and said, "Hey, I heard about that incident, and you weren't completely in the right there." And so he had that flood of embarrassment. And exactly. that lack of support yeah. there. Yeah, even so, though Cooper was no more aggressive than Rachel and probably less aggressive than Rachel. I mean, it was slightly different because Finn liked Rachel, but it, it was 
But I, you know, I, as far as crushes, I mean, he wasn't any worse than her. Right. Oh, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, kind of yes. Yeah. The women that Finn is interested in are so aggressive. Oh. I could, I mean, it's not like Kurt would understand the cue that like, hey, maybe you shouldn't be aggressive when the other ones are hyper aggressive and he likes all that. Well, well okay. but I also think about, you know, me as a teenager and all the crushes that I had that I had no idea of an emotional language to really express them, you know, unless somebody else is reciprocating it, then, you know, it really is a sort of, am I doing too much? Am I doing too little? You know, how do I make this clearer? How do I prevent myself from being embarrassed too much? And I just think that he had absolutely no self, um, he didn't really have an understanding of how to really, um, go forward with those emotions. Yeah, exactly. He and he didn't about his crushes either. And he didn't have a support structure. Right. He wasn't popular. Right. He didn't have friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just, right. he, there's a lot of stuff he didn't have. So like, is the unpopular kid really going to feel, I mean, he's shockingly confident for who yeah. he is. Um, well, and he so even, I think it makes a lot of sense. Okay, so like we have even after whole... he came out. Sorry, just one last thing oh, here. No, even after he came out and you know Mercedes became his friend, he didn't really confide in Mercedes about his crush with Finn at all either. No. Yeah. So even that point. one friendship that he had, where he could be real, he was still mm-hmm. holding that back. Yeah, yeah, you have to wonder if that was because he knew maybe he was going too far. Or if he was thinking, I should be sensitive to her because she had a crush on me, or what. Like, that never really gets fleshed out. But I would it think really it be fleshed no. out. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I mean, that's, that is a very good point, now that I think of it. Um, I, I make all the good points. <laughs> I thought I was the one who made that point. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Damn it, I was trying to appropriate it. <laughs> <laughs> Give credit where credit's due. No, I'm kidding. Um but yeah, I, probably a, a mixture of both. And that, like, I'm wondering if his crush on Finn still was a private thing. Like, this is yes. my little fantasy that yeah. I want to, you know, keep. In, and and he's still trying to feel Finn out and trying to feel if he can, like. <laughs> yeah, of course, I'm going to be the one making unintended intentional puns. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I was drinking some water. I almost did a spit take. <laughs> It'll be super loud on the podcast too when I drink golden golden gold. Do you want us to pause so that you can have your water? Good. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> um I, yeah, so okay, so yeah, you got this kid. He when he, once he comes out, he kind of like embraces it and he does get, you know, it goes for everything and then he goes for everything with Finn and it and it just doesn't work. And you know, it's not even completely the rejection of Sam, as you guys were saying, I'm sorry, the rejection of Finn, as you guys were saying, the bullying and then the crush on Sam, which he does. He goes full like into it. He's like, oh, this guy's cute, too. I don't know if he's gay or not. I'm going to go ahead and try. And that gets shut down. And, and you know, after the stuff with Karofsky, mm-hmm. then it kind of, you know, everything kind I of think- gets repressed. Yeah. I think what happens with Sam is he starts to think that he's not attractive because Mm -hmm. sam is not repulsed by the concept yeah i think that somewhere in there his teen brain starts to do the very normal teen brain thing of well maybe you know i'm not cool 
I'm not, I, you know, I'm smaller than some of the other guys. Uh, I'm not as fit as some of the other guys. Maybe I'm not as attractive. You know, I'm just not, you know, he's got lots of things going for him, but it doesn't mean that he's not going to have those self-conscious fears. I think it goes farther than that because Kurt's rather depressed at the beginning of season two. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's, uh, you know, but not, I might not, you know, not only am I not like attractive, but I, you know, me being gay is repulsive to people and people hate me. And so like, I'm supposed to hate myself and no guy is ever going to like me because I'm not, you know, what they want. And so at least that's my take on it. Yeah, I agree. So, um, anything you guys mm. want to talk about with Sam? Mm. It was a cute crush. I mean, yeah, it was cute for, for, for the episode it lasted. I thought it was it was an interesting little like bounce from the trajectory because you start with Finn, who is this daydream, and it's really just a cute boy who's not awful to him. Like, why does he like him? Because he doesn't abuse him <laughs> he doesn't oh, put him into lockers right like oh, he's boy. seriously like the bar is low um and so there's that daydream that never comes through and then um you know he tries to get close to finn and his plan is stupid and he's in the wrong but it quickly devolves into them obviously not being compatible finn mm-hmm. is not the man of his dreams he gets that harsh reality of rejecting for being gay, the, you know, the lamp and the whole everything. And he has to kind of build back up from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's great that Bert wants there to be a safe space for them, for him in his home. That part of the whole baggy lamp scene is amazing. Um, but there's a lot that happens inside of him because of that very complicated situation. Um, and then you have, you know, his next foray into it is with Sam, who's turns out not to be gay, but he's pretty fine with all of Kurt's aggressive stuff. Like he's fine with the 15,000 MP3s of him singing that he sends him. He's fine when (laughs) Kurt's talking to him and he's in the shower. (laughs) That's true. Kurt's showering. Kurt looks down here. Kurt is like, it's. Sam's fine. He's comfortable. Yeah. In the Glee universe anyway. <laughs> sure. sure. Oh, I see that you're showering. That was a good time for us to have this conversation. <laughs> um, I mean, they have that whole moment. Um, and Sam's just really nice about it. And so the rejection that he has and the loneliness that he has is confusing and different and you he has to watch sam have this connection with quinn and it just makes him feel like gosh like maybe there's nobody around maybe i'm always alone maybe i'm not appealing um and i think that phil finn sort of that situation cut down his ability to to act on being gay and sam sort of cut down his confidence about being wanted um and then the next person that comes into the equation is Karofsky, who torments him and then kisses him. Yeah. And all of yeah. these messages are going on, and none of them are encouraging him to act on his sexuality, except right. for maybe Bert and the pamphlets, uh, and this little bit of glimmer of hope from Dalton. Um, I was going to just ask you guys, how do you think that the uh, kiss from Karofsky might have affected him? And- 
Um, hard to I escape. feel like it would shut him down. Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a very, it's an intimate moment that he had kind of, he had his first very, in, like the closest thing to an intimate moment he had, had taken right. away from him. His first kiss that counted. I'm so terrible. I'm going to cry. <laughs> well, yeah. we can jump to happier things now. No, um, not uh, to be sad. It was sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a moment for Kurt's sadness. But Next. it's also, I, we were also talking about a little bit about how um, maybe towards the end of that, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, interaction with Finn of how he was feeling a little bit like he was rejected, but also that sort of um, being ashamed of being gay. Mm-hmm. And so you have that whole thing about gays being predators. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That sort of like seeps in through that, through these kind of messages mm-hmm. that he's receiving. And so now he's got the enemy who has hated him, who has been his tormentor, who is now saying, you've made me this way and forcing this from him. I don't know. I think it really, I, I think it really messed with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. The predatory gay thing. I just know that for me as a closeted gay for many years, well, until I was like in my twenties, um, and that, that whole message, the whole fear of being predatory or being seen that way, it's, it's real. It's very real. That whole fear that if I even, if you even look at another person, right. like if I even look at another woman and like, am I being predatory for, am I being disgusting and perverted for, for thinking, right. mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And again, you know, Bert still being supportive said some of those things to Kurt. Are you sure you're not overacting it? Are you sure you're not pushing um, Sam too far? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you have in, you know, just another episode of this guy who has been bullying him saying, you've pushed me too far. Yeah. yeah. Damaging. Exactly. Exactly. And you think about all of the other things that Karofsky has said to him about how, uh, you know, how he looks makes his brain hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So then we get Blaine. And here's my thing, because all of this that we talked about before matters going into the stuff with Blaine, because... You know, here you have Blaine. Here's Blaine is super romantic. He identifies as gay. They are touchy-feely with each other. And, uh, you know, it's not even necessarily that Kurt is a baby penguin. But, hey, this is everything that I thought that I wanted. You know, I don't want to mess this up. Like, And then Blaine doesn't want him. Ugh. You know, at least that's what Blaine is saying at the very beginning of... Yeah, I think you're great, but I don't want to date you, and I'm not interested in you. And so I, oh, yeah. And he's going to thing make out with Rachel and sing to that other yeah. guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stupid Blaine. <laughs> stupid. I mean, I love him. Stupid. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that Blaine, but I don't know. I'm kind of glad that Blaine, you know, waited a little bit to yes, don't yes. feel like that before making a move. If they had yes. rushed into something the day they met, then it. It could have it could have all gone wrong. Kurt would have just been kind of well, not on the rebound, but just like just coming off this very kind of traumatic experience at his old school, and still not in not in a, the good place mentally for a relationship. So I'm glad they, that they waited a few months. They set up a great together. moment having Blaine be look conflicted after they confront Karoski and offer to like go buy him lunch. 
Yeah. Um, I think that was really smart uh, because it made you want something and it made you keep watching. Um, right. And okay, that tortured Kurt, but I like to torture him a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, and it does wonder... make the resolution very, very sweet that you do have Kurt kind of internalizing all of these things of, you know, I have been... I, I, I'm not acting the way that I'm supposed to. I have all these crushes that other people are finding offensive. I don't know how to behave around this. I've got this new gay guy who I have a crush on who doesn't crush on me. And so now I'm able to say, okay, we can be friends. We can work through that. So you have a lot of maturity there until you see this transformation in Blaine and all of those feelings reciprocated. And it's really beautiful and I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. I also yeah. I want to ask, do you I mean I sort of hit canon that Kurt had partially because everyone else in the cast is like 30 when they start the show. Um <laughs> that he sort of had like a later puberty than the other kids at McKinley. Mm-hmm. Um so mm-hmm. that coupled with his later adolescence just starts to like like a whole delayed start to real dating i mean all the heteros get one but there's no one ready to date him that he wants to date Mm -hmm. so he just sort of like gets to see all these other kids act on things at this age and he's trailing behind i think that's where the baby penguin thing comes from Uh, yeah i mean yeah like you've already got i mean santana is you know sexting everything and britney is you know having sex with everybody and finn's you know, having sex with everybody and everybody's Even having Rachel. sex with everybody. Even Rachel. Mercedes yeah. isn't because she doesn't want to. It's a choice. Well, I, but, love, I love what Amber said that, like, what Amber said um, in an interview later, she was like, well, I, she, she said something like, well, I didn't want Mercedes. I didn't want to date it. I didn't want to kiss any of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, they're, they're like, um, between the pilot right around season one interviews with Chris as well, where he's like, no, why would I want to date or kiss like anyone on this cast? It's like my brothers at most, like this is kind of weird and kind of gross. I'm like, I'm not really into it. Uh, yeah. So it's just funny. It's funny the way showmance works. Well, even <laughs> Although, and Artie, I'm just thinking about Artie and how sexualized he is. Like he does, he has a lot of sex throughout the entire series. Yeah. So. Yeah, but he is initially upset when Brittany uh, does something that he thinks is non-consensual. I mean, he basically sure. accuses Brittany of coercing him, and then, you know, six months mm-hmm. later is like, hey, people in my play, you should bang, because it's the best <laughs> thing ever. I did it one time, Brittany totally made me do it, and never Oh, <laughs> that's right, I forgot about that. <laughs> anyway. Hey, hey, adult. Hey, adult who works at my school, let's talk about it. Two adults. Like, she even shamed Emma. Um, yeah. I think it brings me into the whole, um, I don't know if this is a good place to, for the whole the whole representation thing. Because well, already reminded me sure. of that, so the disability representation, which, which is good that they showed. But that's, I mean, that's a different conversation. But it's, I mean, it's good that they showed a character that it's not usually represented as having a sex life. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, yes. with Kurt, I mean, not necessarily the sex, but in the past, like, historically, gay or gay-coded representation has always been either, you know, the villain or, like, the, the GBF, the hairdresser. It's always mm-hmm. there to be the best friend, not, and they don't have any love life of their own. You know, it's always, it's so, I think it was... And if they do, it's tragic. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 It's an act on it. tragedy. Yeah, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so, like, all the gay representation, it was about A's, which is is very important. I'm not saying it's not, but it was a very, it was kind of a, it was was a difficult time to, to... you know, get that gay was a positive thing. Oh, I'm sure. There's yeah, well, you didn't on. get the the um, you didn't get the gay fairy tale, which is what Kurt and Blaine right. are in season two. And so I think it's really good that that Kurt had this whole story arc, which is very it's very common for a lot of kids. I mean, not the exact same story, but the feelings are the same and the, th- the same struggles that other kids go through with dating. Exactly. Really that younger folks, you know, the youngsters get to see that the tadpole gays. Tadpole gaze. Oh, well, I think it's oh. also interesting, and somewhere in my notes I have it also. But like you know, Kurt is the Kurt is the generation in between the generation that was wiped out. Mm-hmm. So there are less gay men of uh, the Misters Berry age group, right? Yeah. yeah, for him to come into comp for him to have those associations with there's some scary associations yeah and the only other and so this sort of like building on generations and looking to your mentors and looking to your peers i mean clearly he knows about him he's got that Noel coward stuff on his bucket list like you know he's done his research but he just has i i think that there is a a loss of history and information oh definitely and mm-hmm. uh, mentorship generation to generation especially for gay men um so kurt is stuck in a time when it's it's especially fumbly i guess is how i'm going to explain it yeah do you think that uh rachel's dad's had any influence on him I well he would have to go to her house Canada. there he would have to go to her house and She's awful most of the time. Um, <laughs> or if he's, or if he's there, like okay, so maybe he's having a sleepover with Mercedes and Rachel. Um, in which case, I don't know. I just kind of feel like the Misters Barry were absentee parents in some way. Um, or I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of time when he's not in Rachel's space. Like, wouldn't Finn be there? I don't know. It just seems like there's not a lot of time to hang out with other people's parents. Yeah. I I can see them as a, oh, this is a gay couple, and they're singing show tunes, and they're happy-ish. I mean, clearly they weren't the happiest because they did get divorced. But, um, uh, and uh, I kind of just as, you know, as a, a gay role model, but not necessarily for more i'm pretty sure they never sat him down and gave him the same talk that bert did no they only exist as great role models in the anderberry fix where blaine is the uh older gay brother who comes home from college and bumps into kurt in the night (laughs) and then sometimes (laughs) sometimes the parents are there to help explain how things work or something like talk about it's okay we saw you kissing our son it's fine well, um, so going back to Blaine and and the pre-relationship stuff or the friendship stuff and the baby penguin line, I think another thing to keep in mind with that line is here's Blaine who seemingly seems to have more experience and and is, you know, has already said, you know, I'm going to kiss Rachel Berry and sing to another guy and I'm not totally interested. And yeah, let's talk about sex. And, and I can see Kurt retreating like, 
you know, we, we, I'm too embarrassed. You are the person I have a crush on. I've already, you know, probably daydreamed about stuff with you. Um, Blade and, is so fake it till you make it with yeah. a lot of his younger teen stuff. And it's, it's endearing. And it, there's a lot of good reasons why. Um, whoa, sorry. That's a timer going off on my phone. Fun for the podcast. <laughs> Let me just make sure that's totally off so it doesn't go off. I think I maybe just silenced it. <laughs> oh, no. Did I snooze it? That's terrible. Exciting podcasting going on here now. That's funny. Sorry. It wasn't a time where, like, I have to shut up now. I get to keep talking. Um <laughs> I think that Blaine has a lot of reasons where he um, he presents a particular way. I mean, there's a lot of Anderson headcanon about how you present with things. And he also is someone who um, can be charming and get results. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. uses that. Um, mm-hmm. But he's very much someone who appears to be desperate for the underlying care like the unconditional love, mm-hmm. um, which, again, I have to headcanon that it doesn't necessarily come from his family. It's very much performative, like, you do this and then maybe we love you, that kind of thing. So Blaine becomes more comfortable with the mechanics because he figures that romance, like he wants, is not really available to him. I think Blaine expects to be really truly loved um so his mm. path to sex is different than kurt's well i mean um, look at the like i mean look before kurt we have jeremiah who is this like older guy that's not really gonna go anywhere and rachel kind of nice who, to him yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he was not like, really gonna go anywhere either yeah so well yeah i mean i sort of had canon that what kurt is is way beyond Blaine's wildest dreams of having everything all in one package. Oh, there's a pun. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you We've know, gone he gets so long to, without one. He gets so to just have, have a bell every time you have a, and you do a pun. <laughs> every time I say package. In my notes, the phrase all in is in here a lot. Because <laughs> I'm so <laughs> And I'm just like, oh my god. Um, yeah, I just I think that Kurt ends up being like a physical manifestation of also this romantic thing, and it's it's they're both sort of coming to the same conclusion, um, mm-hmm. but coming at it differently because Kurt imagined the prince, but I don't think Kurt would have ex- would have accepted someone as his prince if he didn't feel that this or that was in place. He wouldn't be happy with just things looking a particular way. Um, Cause he's, he, he's more, you know, he wants to control the whole, the whole room. He's going to make mm-hmm. the whole room. He's going to set up the whole thing. He's his own little, it's like a dungeon master, right? So he's going <laughs> to set up the whole <laughs> universe. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so I just imagine that Blaine is like, thinking more about um okay like i'm gonna be gay i'm gonna act on being gay and so i'm gonna watch porn and uh it's all gonna be very highly functional 
um, because he wants to be prepared. And also, you know, Blaine wants to masturbate, which he happily does and talks about. <laughs> so all those things work for him. Whereas Kurt's like, mm, you know, it's not, it's fine, but it's not exactly what I want. Um, yeah. But that's, I mean, there's plenty of people who can't find porn that they like. That doesn't make Kurt weird. Well, I, I don't know. I think Blaine, I mean, I, I do agree for the most part. I think, I think Blaine also likes romance too. I mean, he played, I mean, look at the, maybe not as, Maybe he didn't realize it yet. Oh, no, no. I'm saying that he does. I'm thinking, I'm saying that Blaine didn't ever think he was going to get it because he didn't uh, think he was worthy yeah. of it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. People, he, for his crushes, people that were, okay, I get what they you're all, saying. They all, it was all transactional. <laughs> they wanted, uh, you know, Rachel wanted the boy on her arm to be a particular thing. And I think a lot of Blaine's relationships are that where they want, you know, this nice boy who has great manners, who's going to look good and he'd be a great person to take home to his parents. Unfortunately, he's gay, you know. Um, and so I think Blaine never really trusted that someone's going to love him for him. And then Kurt does. Uh, and it's confusing for him. I mean, it's great, but it's confusing. Well, okay. So uh, kind of going back, though, a little bit. Why... Do you guys think that fandom attached themselves so much to this baby penguin line, though? I don't know, maybe part of it is the way that Chris or Kurt looked in that season. He he was still very he was the youngest cast member at the time. He still had the the rosy cheeks, and he still looked very young. I mean, now he's he's almost thirty years old. He's got the screw up and everything. He obviously looks like a grown man, but at the time, it was obvious that that Chris Kurt was the depth was the youngest. Of the cast, so maybe that was part of it that he looked young. Sure, I mean, it's there's you know, I, I don't have an answer because <laughs> I don't know, it's time, a weird line, I don't know why people latched onto it, I, it but it's, it's, it is. I mean, it's a weird like, saying, it's weird, it's especially and, and, and the whole scene was just so overdone, anyhow. I mean, that was glee at, at one of its most cracktastic points, mm-hmm. too, sure. when you know, um. When Kurt is there making those his sexy faces, I mean, they were really done for laughs. It was overdone. You hadn't seen Kurt make those kind of moves before, you know. So I don't know why it was such a yeah. We like to we like to take him down a peg, even though he's not a peg up. So (laughs) that's just part of it. In addition to what you guys are saying, I'm wondering if people also have a tendency to get stuck in that late season two era where Kurt was kind of just more withdrawn and more held back and not really taking into account what was going on with season one, Kurt and taking that kind of personality and adding it together. I I feel like people just kind of like, you know, that late season two demure Kurt is kind of this image that seemed to get seared into everybody's mind. But I don't know. I think that's people who are, I'm going to be mean now. I think it's Blaine stands who like Kurt to be pathetic in the way that sometimes Kurt stands want Blaine to be pathetic. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't like sad, pathetic Blaine. And no. I don't like that either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess also when, now that you say that there, I see, I don't necessarily see this in later or in later fix or in fix that are gosh now i'm gonna be mean better written but <laughs> i think that a lot of times in that late season two era kurt was cast as the quote-unquote quote girl 
of the this girl. relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all of the sex that comes in my with notes. that. <laughs> well, I was going to bring that up in terms of the, the sexless baby penguin and, you know, tying that into Kurt being the female character in the relationship and just how women are supposed to be sweet and, you know, um, unassuming and not wanting anything from their relationship and just having that happen to them. Yeah. And so I think that gets coded onto Kurt as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think to some extent later on, I think that gets coded onto Blaine as well. Yeah. Blaine is people kind of want to see. Well, that's another conversation, I guess. <clears throat> people do do the same thing to Blaine, too. Sure. Yeah. People they misrepresent softness yeah. for weakness yeah. uh, mm-hmm. when they see it in male characters. And there, yeah, but, there's an idea that if there's a two men together, that one of them has to be the woman. They're both men. Neither of them is the woman. <laughs> <laughs> that's the point. Well, it's even, I even think it's a, it's just it's dumb. And when you're writing with men and women, like you can have an aggressive woman in a relationship. You can have a sensitive man in a relationship. And it just like why fic writers want to put people, why writers in general, because we definitely know that like in mass, you know, mass media, in mass media. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely prominent because you have all of these straight male writers writing things, but um, yeah, but people write what they know. Yeah. Or what they think they know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's there. be real here. <laughs> We've all seen those uh, posts going around with like really exaggerated with guys that, that, that write and things that are published. And it's like, yes. and the woman <laughs> bounced and her breasts jiggled and she's like, oh, there's this, you know, it's ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so, and then, so it does, it gets translated into thick a bit and I also wonder, like, maybe this is just, you know, since that is so much what is out there in mass media, if some people just unknowingly do that because they think that's, you know, oh, well, there's two people. One has to have a guy role. One has to have a girl role. One has to be the aggressor. One has to be the pacifist. Yeah. Yeah. So when (gasps) it's just not like that. (laughs) So. No. All right, so um, moving forward a little bit, let's get Kurt and Blaine into a relationship. Um, oh, I was going to talk about also. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead, sorry go ahead. to interrupt you. Um, if we're, to, if we're still on season two. Um, Definitely. Um, moment in Likes Boys where he has where he opens up the shirt and it says Likes Boys. That's in two eighteen. Born this way. I think I think that was a really important moment for the development of his his announcing to the world that not only is he. That he's a sexual being. I mean, not necessarily. Yeah. Like, not, yeah. not well, that's what I was going to. But not. Yeah. Super, but, you know, like he was announcing, like, I'm not just here. You know, I'm not just the GBF. You know, I'm gay. But, you know, I'm, you know, and gay means I'm, I'm a man and I'm like other men. I mean, I obviously, think... he can't wear that shirt now at age like 25, a shirt that says like boys. That looks a little weird. But, um, <laughs> it was a cultural <laughs> state. Um, but, but I, what, yeah, what I was going to say was that here's Kurt and when they kiss and Kurt's like, yeah, let's do this. I, I want to do more. I want to get into, you know, you may yeah, have kissed that me, kiss, but that kiss is not demure. No, no, that was no baby penguin there. And no, I think that it's that important. Was... I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say not, not a baby penguin. That was accepting the kiss and give me more now. Yeah. Well, and then it's, you know, bringing in the born this way thing. I think it's important, you know, that comes after the blame kiss. Like, 
yeah. he's starting to, you know, I'm sure they started making out and on a regular basis whenever they could. Cause like, Hey, feelings and I can touch somebody else and this feels good. And I want to just do this. And then, yeah, then Kurt kind of gets his confidence back and no more baby penguin. Hey, I want to be out there. I like boys. And yeah, do I like boys? And from then on, there's no baby penguin that I know of that I can see in the show. So, but I think it was just a, I, I mean, I think it's just a throwaway line where he was trying to be self-deprecating. Yeah. Yes. And it was stupid. That's what Kurt and I hate does. it. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're listening to this now, because we're going to have a lot more to discuss and we're going to totally dismantle the baby. Penguin. I mean, you can you can just take a look at their very first kiss, which, mind you, Blaine begins fine. But there is active in he is Kurt is not being kissed the entire time. Mm-hmm. There is active engagement. And when it stops, he's like, why did we stop? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Like get back in my lap. Right. Like he's not even, <laughs> I mean, he's like cute and flirty about it, but he is in, there's not even an ounce of like, this is not happening. It's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I thought we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is like the perfect thing to say to Blaine. It's perfect. He yeah. he's his dream man. He really is. And as soon as you said, "I thought we were," I immediately heard in my head, "Dun dun dun dun." Oh, that penguin is seared in our brains. That piano. Yeah. So okay. So then we have this end of season two stuff, and the, oh, the one thing I want to say. Uh, you know, up until this point, oh, we didn't Kurt- talk about Blaine and Bert, which I do like the fact that Blaine shows up to check in because he's concerned about the trajectory that mm-hmm. Kurt is going to have. Um, That's probably true. because Blaine assumes that is also his own trajectory. I was um, going to say the same thing. Uh, and so I think it's really, you know, it's great timing. They really planned this one with the writers. Um, <laughs> it's great timing that Bert and Kurt get the chance before Kurt mm-hmm. has something actionable for him to be able to reflect. Because, you know, he's watched a little bit of porn. He's now got the pamphlets. And now a cute boy is kissing him. And there's emotions. Like, uh, I, I think it's... He's educated, and so it's really interesting to me. Which, where I think you're going to go with this, is the like, why do they have what the season three boundaries? Oh yeah, well I was going to kind of. um, Yeah, we'll get uh, there. I won't jump to your segue. Before we get there, real quick though, let's talk about Bert and his premonitions because, like, here we see, you know, in sexy, he says, you know, you're going to do this, you're not going to want to stop. In love, 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 he's like, you know, at the beginning of the relationship, you're going to want to have a lot of sex, you know. It's, it is something, this is a continuation of what we were kind of discussing when Kurt was, uh, you know, kind of headcanning when Kurt was younger, but here we've got Bert who is, may not be the most comfortable thing ever, but it's trying to be open with his son and be honest about, and he's not like, don't have this, just, you know, these are feelings, you're going to have them. And, and actually, a, he has a super comfortable, normal, natural relationship with sex of like, it's part of life. Yeah. It's part of life. And I, I feel like Kurt will adopt that. 
Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah. um, and he doesn't, he, he doesn't, he doesn't code it with, he just, Bert is very good at everybody can have sex, just be a regular part of their life. I think something that's interesting, you know, with Kurt and Blaine being in a relationship is that even before, um, Blaine is a very touchy-feely person and Kurt is not, but Kurt yes. will probably start to, to at least from Blaine, be accepting of, like, Blaine is a touchy person and, 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 and I don't... I don't know if like he necessarily adopts that, but he's, he's very, I'm guessing in a partner, like he begins to get used to that kind of thing. Like Blaine's always going to just like touch the shoulders or, you know, just rub his neck a little bit or touch a leg or, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm guessing that's something that Kurt begins to get used to the more he gets into the relationship. Well, we also see them in later season, you know, Kurt holds his hand. He's definitely, there's definitely plenty of images where Kurt is, grasping onto him mm-hmm. uh which i mean not that he would have a reason to do that with anybody else but um i think it's very telling that he's generating that connection between the two of them well and i just think it's interesting if like if blaine had not been his first everything would kurt enter into other relationships and be a little bit more physically distant like yeah we do sex but then you're over there and i'm over here i guess it depends on the person yeah yeah and I mean, Kurt had. To, I mean, Kurt kind of learned it, learned as he went along. It's like he started out kind of isolated, where like he wasn't used to people like wanting to touch him or be around him. Like he thought he was. Other people thought him. Other people thought he was disgusting. So he wasn't used to other. He wasn't used to that. Other people wanting to touch him. Like so, eventually he got more comfortable because yeah. he had more friends and more time with Blaine. Mm-hmm. I think Mercedes did a lot. I think Mercedes oh, yeah. was a big influence in this way. Oh, that too. Yeah, and then Rachel later too. Yeah, people just come in. Mercedes is a is a giving kind of like physical communicator. Rachel is more needy, but mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, kind of going. We've got between you know the end of season two into that the the boundary stuff of season. And even, you know, you look at the beginning of season three, Kurt and Blaine are in a relationship. They've had all summer together. They're very happy. (laughs) They are definitely enjoying each other. Um, But what do you, what are your guys' headcanons for what is going on with the boundaries? What have they done? What haven't they done? Um, I'm just curious to hear what you guys have to say. Well, I'm guessing they didn't, they didn't get a lot of writing done on the Pippa Middleton musical. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that got by the wayside as they they practiced by themselves more. Well, I also don't know how much but, alone time they had. Yeah. Because everyone that, is in the Hummel house. Yeah. Everyone is there all the time. Uh, I don't know. You know, there's plenty of headcans that think clean wasn't really i mean sure you go to blaine's house for a reason but maybe you don't hang out there because his parents are weird um but for whatever reason they decided they wanted to take it slow maybe it's because they both just love romance and they want to cherish things and have you know have that little bit of specialness and also you know i'd like to think that on some level they were both nervous about it oh yeah i was gonna say that yeah they were they were only like 16 17 years old at the time it may have been 18, I don't know. But they were they were very young teenagers. 
is my point is that so and a lot of a lot of teenagers i mean t- they teenagers talk about sex a lot a lot of well a lot of people do this they talk about sex they're always mm-hmm. talking about how much they're having how much sex they're having but there's a lot of talk and a lot of, yeah. a lot of, a lot people, of they, they sound more confident than they actually are when it comes to yeah. that issue yeah. I mean, clean also, you know, they enjoy each other's company and there's plenty right. of places where they go where they can't be together or there's a few places where they can sit next to each other on the couch, but everybody's always in their house. And, you know, yes, of course, I think Blaine masturbated after every date, <laughs> <laughs> every single time. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that um, there was planned ejaculations just without touching. I just think that... Um, they, they, they wanted, they both like to be in control and they wanted to have a certain amount of control. And I don't know how long the timeline is. When does the first time happen again? Is that supposed to be November? Fall, November. Yeah. When do yeah. they, when do they March. make out in Dalton? March. So that's, that's what, Six, as an adult, nine, I'm like, that's a long time. But as a teenager. Yeah. Well, I'm no. guessing, you know, kind of looking at it. Yeah. You have. They're both at school, and then when Kurt moves away from Dalton, which isn't much longer when they after they get together, there's probably that distance thing. And I think mm-hmm. maybe during the summer, you know, they have more time to like have dates, and they probably make out in the car a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, there's got not that job working at Six Flags. Yeah, true, I'm I, you know there you know there's oh you're right there's a bazillion people in the Hummel household like I I just see a. A summer of Kurt getting his romance that he's always wanted. Yeah. You know? And, and too. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, this is, they get to date. Mm-hmm. That he gets to hold his hand and spend time with him, with this guy who's his friend, who loves him, who, you know, they, they enjoy each other's company. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, they can't, they're in Lima, so they can't make out in the theater because they're afraid they're going to get killed. But yeah, that's, do that's I the think other thing that, that they probably keep in mind. made out in the car from time yeah. to time? Do I think that mm-hmm. they carved out, I think they carved out some safe spaces, but there just wasn't that much time available to them. Certainly not enough when, you know, you can imagine Curtis thinking like, well, if we're going to have sex, all the, all the whole like anal penetration thing, like we got to, we got to have a plan. We got to have an evening. We got to get the lavender. Like we got to have hours. You know, it's not a, it's not an oops kind of thing. Um, so when, and because so many people consider that sex, the only kind of sex, and I do think that they didn't have any, I'm going to go planned ejaculations prior to, I think that was part of their rule. Um, you know, I think there was a, a lot of making out and I think it was probably very heated. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like a straight line. I mean, I can remember when I was a teenager, the first time I made out with a boyfriend and things got like sort of sexy heated and I was like, oh, okay, you know what sounds good? Sex sounds good. But then we didn't for whatever reason, awkwardness or whatever, you know, gender roles and good girl trappings and all those things. And it took me a while to have the confidence in myself to say like, I want to go do this thing with another, mm-hmm. I will trust another person that they're going to be reasonable with my level of privacy that I want and, you know, be able to act on it in another way, even though you kind of trust them there's always like a little bit of hesitance and I can see them layering on to that wanting things to be special so special you know Mm -hmm. I'm sure both of them they they have they have this high romanticism that they 
you know, as much as they might be desperate in the moment, they're also kind of mature. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I think that Kurt is, you know, he's clearly gay, but he's always sort of harboring some sort of lingering social pressure not to be, or he's cautious, or he's not, it's not sort of freely sexual. And that could be because of him being the post-AIDS generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that generation just has certain things that they're concerned about. They don't feel as liberated. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that probably affects, affects Blaine as well. Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Well, and, and keep in mind, you know, they're, they're, they, at some point, you know, they're being smart about it. They are talking. They did say, you know, no hands south of the border. It doesn't mean hands weren't going north of the border and they weren't, like, exploring, you know. You can say they go swimming and they get done swimming and then, like, they're in the car and they, you know, feel things up. You know, it's kind of like, I think that it was kind of slow steps and, you know, all right, now, you know, I'm sure there was plenty like of making out while someone in some is someone else's lap. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like oh, I feel that you know, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and oh, the more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think that Blaine speeds up Kurt's trajectory because mm-hmm. you know he wants the romance. He wants to walk down the hall with the person that he likes. He just didn't really imagine that reality was possible until he yeah. left Lima, and so finding Blaine means that he gets to have so much more of a normal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as he's not a part of the, you know, teen pregnancy plot line, he also has the experience of people in his world having sex and regretting it. Yeah. Yes. And I don't see like him that. being someone who wants to have regrets. Right. No. Exactly. Well, and then let's get up to the first time. And, the thing is, like, yeah, you're right. Kurt wants to plan things and make it perfect and have a bunch of candles and, you know, probably rose petals and that ridiculous bedroom that he set up kind of, you know, thing. So it could be this magical, bedroom? yeah, the fantasy bedroom for this magical first time. And, you know, it's not that he doesn't want to have sex. He just wants to make sure that it's the perfect and right time i mean look look at the beginning of the first time when he says do you think i'm boring sexually it's on kurt's mind i mean yeah it's obviously on blaine's mind all the time too but like he's the one that's like okay maybe i'm getting sexually frustrated too like maybe i want to do more with you i'm just really nervous and scared about how to tell you that i am ready to do this and i appreciate that blaine's reaction is uh no <laughs> like, uh, no, you you leave and I masturbate, and you know this, this is the system that we have. Are we changing the rules? Okay, <laughs> Blaine's game. He's here. He's like, let's He's do like, this. He's all boring. In. No, boring is not the word I would use. But that's Kurt testing the waters. It's not like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. are you bored with me? Are you going to leave me? It's are you, you know, like, are you ready to, you know, and and. So, yeah, I mean, and yeah, I mean, I know it's a little bit egged on by the baggage of Sebastian being around, but it's, it's still something that Kurt wants to do. It's, I mean, we don't really get much of them between, you know, the Purple Piano Project and the first time. Um, But you can definitely tell like, okay, this relationship is progressing. It's definitely a very deep connection for them both. The next logical step is this. So, 
Lucci doesn't want to have in a car. Yeah. No. Which is fine. And yeah, so it's kind of convenient that Blaine doesn't have any parents. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Well, I mean, you know, he and Kurt and Rachel clearly made a pact. <laughs> yeah. Like, this, you can have my house, Blaine and Sarah's will be there. <laughs> well, and then look at that. Like, you know, also, again, at the end of the episode, Kurt is the one that takes control. Like, I want to go to your house. Mm-hmm. Like, we know. You want it, you've been wanting to do this, but I'm ready. Let's go do this. And he never looks back after that. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of the crazy ex girlfriend song, Let's Have Intercourse. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I love that song. I own that song. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just um, thinking of our, I mean, I do think, bang, 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 I think that Blaine has some nervousness and I'm going to call it performance anxiety even though that's not really what I mean because he has, he's nervous about doing things right, getting things right, being the right kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, But when Kurt says that he wants him or he trusts him or he grabs, I think in that scene, doesn't he grab his hand? Take his hand in the auditorium? auditorium Yeah, it's like another thing, right? I think it's in the script. No, because the the, the thing, last thing you see is no, because just like the song. No, I'm I'm thinking about the the repeated line. Take my hand, just like the song, just like the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's interesting, and I I also think that um, neither of them discussed what exactly that sex was going to be, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that they both went into it with something in mind. I mean, I have a favorite headcanon for it. But um, I, I think that... Please they, share with the class. Oh, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that they go to his house and they decide that they're going to have like full-on anal sex because they mm-hmm. have time for it. And I think that they do, uh, you know, a little bit of other types of sex that can, you know, mm-hmm. I think that they, they do some, like, just get some basic ejaculation out of the way kind of stuff that's all very exciting um but you know we've talked before about how kurt is coded as the girl and i think going into it part of it part of his nervousness is is being prepared for the mechanics of it Mm -hmm. um and so him saying to blaine like i trust you and i want you and he's assuming that this is going to be what happens and I personally feel that instead Blaine Blaine wants to be the one who's penetrated because Blaine has been waiting to be gay. Like he wants to be, he wants to get the gay on. Right. (laughs) So he, and he's, he's been preparing, he's been prepared. He's done more masturbating. Like he's all in for it. And so I think that probably the first time they had penetrative sex of that nature, I think that Blaine bottomed, because yeah. Blaine was super comfortable and he got to be really, really gay. And that's <laughs> really makes him happy. And, oh, yeah. you know, then we have Kurt getting to play this other role and getting to have control in certain ways and, and not have to give up control. And, like, I see them, you know, eventually, you know, we know canonically, eventually they move into this sort of, like, verse scenario. And that's much more healthy for them as a couple and for us as a fandom. Yes. Uh, <laughs> But I do think that the, I mean, 
canonically you see like there's a condom in the room with them when they're mm-hmm. snuggling with all of their clothes on and their socks. Um, so they had to have a reason for that. And there's really only one reason yeah. for two virgins to have that. <laughs> so, well, I also think though, it, it, it's not, I mean, I know in fanfic we get creative with, with our sexual exploits, but mm-hmm. I am guessing it wasn't, it was like, oh, that only took 10 minutes. Okay. Like, you know. Yeah. And then they cuddled well, see, the rest of the This is why I think that they did, like, hand jobs and blow jobs first. Yeah. And yeah. To, like, you know, because they're very excited. Yay, we get to. And then, you know, they're also 17. So it's like, well, oh, I guess we get to do more now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's been 10 minutes. Let's just, why not? Um, so then they, so then they move on to what people like to call the next stage. I mean, I, it's all sex is sex. It's all the same kind of sex. I don't want to make it seem like tab A right. sloppy is different than other sex. It's all there. And obviously giving a blowjob is penetrative. Um, I'm just saying like, I could see them getting to a point and Blaine just basically like, I've been preparing for this my whole life. I'm so ready. <laughs> no. I can see a little cartoon of that where he's just like, <laughs> Just sitting there, like I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Let me be gay. Everybody wants me to be straight. I want to be super gay. Do me now. Yeah, like, <laughs> Give me the D, Kurt. I'm ready. Seriously, he would be so excited about it. Um, Aww. and so that that would be like it's fun. It's a fun head cannon. Yeah. yeah. Everybody gets what they want. Princes get their prince, as I like to say. And uh, so we don't get a lot of of stuff between here. You know, I'm glad we got the box scene to at least reference something. Um, we do get Kurt in a lot of clothes. Um, and I, I, I love the suggestions that, you know, they're covering up like hickeys or whatever. Or he feels like he needs to be, you know, he's now been touched very intimately. So now mm-hmm. outwardly, he just feels like he needs to, you know. That's that's for my intimacy. It's not for you. you know? I think he likes to be unwrapped. <laughs> yes. Mm. And, also, and I think Blaine enjoys unwrapping. I agree with that. And also, um, he like you notice like her at least Kurt at least some I think it was someone else who pointed out that the way he moves after the first time he kind of moves around in the, those first few episodes he moves around like a little slow like. Like he's kind of aching, like his, like, you know, like he's been oh, right. a lot Mash of physically lately. Yeah. The very end of Mash Off when he's like talking to Brittany and he's just very like, like it just, it, it, I don't even know if it, if this was intentional or what it was going on, but he is not, you're right, he's not moving very fast. It's very just measured I agree. and slow I mean, and taking the time. Fandom thinks that Kurt Bottom, because he wore the writing outfit. <laughs> and oh, he God. sat down and, and winced. <laughs> Which is, that's just hilarious. The riding outfit is just too funny. That because makes I, imagine, I imagine everything that with just no the sense. cape and the hat. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. In fact, it's stupid. <laughs> oh, wardrobe. Um... <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, they had to get it in there somewhere. I mean, there you go. <laughs> um, but um, we don't. I'm not lot, saying that he didn't at some point. I'm just saying, first time, I think that's that would have been Blaine's choice. No, I, I, 
think then it's a, we can try to do this as much as again, but yeah, they're always with the rest of the group. There's always people around Mm -hmm. doing things. Even before Blaine starts to pull away emotionally in the second half of season three, Kurt's probably still scheduling things like, Hey, you know, Tuesdays we have this date time off. Let's make sure it's date night for us and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So, um, I feel like once Kurt starts having sex, that is definitely an important thing to him. So, yeah, um, because it's a way he can show someone he can show Blaine. It's a part that nobody else, he's not sharing any aspect of it. It, Like, it's just, he's, he's getting closer to this person. It's a very easy and fun way to show commitment and love, um, and I, I think that, uh, I don't know, the Hummels are just wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, Between the old people and Bert's happy to be alive because of the old people. I have, I, oh, have yeah. this, <laughs> I have this headcanon that prior to the first time, um, Kurt had this separation in his mind of romance and sex. Mm-hmm. And Blaine mm-hmm. broke down that wall. Yes. And so sex became romance to him and was incorporated into his whole viewpoint uh, or view of what romance could be. Oh, I yeah, think that definitely. happened vice versa as well. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, that's a really good point because I think that, um, you know, sex is going to mean a lot to him. And um, there's a couple more points before we get to some of the breakup stuff. But when, the you know, Blaine cheats on him, because it, that's why it's so devastating, because it's mm-hmm. the sexual act. And Kurt has, you know, conflated this romance and sex stuff together that Blaine just kind of has a different um, relationship with sex. Um, and yes, Kurt like, likes how I don't, it feels. I don't but, think he does. Oh, really? I think he thinks he does. And then he realizes he does not. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I think he thinks oh, yeah. he does. I, I, I think that Kurt that, has a yeah. Kurt has the moral high ground because he didn't make the mistake, which is why when they break up, he's like, you know, I've been tempted. That temptation is there, but I didn't do anything about it. Uh, um, a couple more things coming out of season three, though, that I want to touch upon. One is Kurt's bucket list. Um, he talks about re- relations with Tyler Lautner in <laughs> a Dewey Meadow. <laughs> but I think that's something that he might have even come up with after starting to date Blaine. Like, sure. oh, I'm dating Blaine, you know, why not go ahead and go wild with fantasies? I mean, I'm not, you know, I have Blaine and I'm happy, but... And relations is him just, you know, he's not taking anything off the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, just has, he just has to have a meadow. Uh the he he also starts to I mean like look at his reactions to Ricky Martin, um, oh, oh mm-hmm. yeah, with Cooper, like he's much more comfortable in finding other men and men attractive. Yeah, like, well, some of the attractive ones finally show up in the universe. That's true too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the only two non-normals that show up are Cooper and Ricky Martin. It's not you know. Um, <laughs> This might be a good time for me to. I want to bring up the demisexual thing for a second because um, I'm I, I'm gonna you know I actually identify as demisexual mm-hmm. and I don't think Kurt is. Um, I understand no, that <laughs> um, you know 
I guess it comes out of the baby penguin thing again, where people are like, oh, he's hesitant to have sex or he's hesitant, you know, this and that. And I'm like, well, first of all, let me define, at least as far as I'm concerned, what demisexual is, which it means that you have to have um, some kind of relationship, some kind of emotional relationship with somebody before you find them sexually attractive. And while I do think that Kurt probably wouldn't be very uh, while I don't think that Kurt would do much sexually without kind of an emotional bond I do think that he finds people just straight up attractive yes without mm-hmm. that and that's that negates so no I mean if 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 I mean these are fictional characters and if that is really well, how that's the definition that definition it will be Emma of anybody on the show yeah not that's Kurt. true yeah that's a good point but, but I, think, um, well, I think a lot of Kurt fans they kind of well, they kind of project their own personal traits, and I guess that's, and I guess that's normal. I mean, it's you yeah. know, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, um, like, like if you want Kurt to be demisexual, there you can go ahead. That's not gonna like feel yeah. free to write him that way. But um, just as being and identifying that as something as myself, I I'm like, no, he's really not. I mean, I just look at the way he is with Lucky Martin and with Cooper yeah. and. Just like in general, just like, ooh, that's, you know, I feel sexually attracted to that person with his, you know, it's just a different thing. And yeah, uh, again, it's not his identity. Like, and you, you should, I feel like, especially with LGBT characters, you should respect the identity that they state. Yeah. I mean, even though you could be gay and demisexual or asexual or whatever, you could, it's still, that's not what Kurt said he was. I just think it's important to respect that. And like, sexuality mm-hmm. is such a deeply personal matter. And it's such an identity that's such, it's so, and things like even attraction, it's very, it's very subjective, you know, what, mm-hmm. as to what constitutes attraction and, and that. Right, and, exactly. Uh, I also would hate, and I'm not even sure if I really saw people doing this, because a lot of times it, it is stemming out of somebody's personal, you know, feelings themselves, but I would hate to use that kind of thing as a way to label Kurt again as a sexless character. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, and yeah. I don't think people are intentionally doing that. Just for me, it always reminds me of. I know it's it's almost it's almost like I feel like it's a way to like. I feel like personally, like I feel. I mean, I'm looking at like the bigger picture. Like, I, I feel that it's very important to romance to um to normalize um gay and same gender sexual attraction mm-hmm. and just so to show that it, that it, you know it's it's not predatory that you know it's normal to right. have those feelings and right. there's nothing gross about it. Right, exactly. So yeah, again, I'm, and the reason why I'm being really honest and open about like my how I identify is to say I'm not just like yeah, that the people that think that are dumb and are wrong. And no, like again, like if that's something that you feel like you've attached to the character that way, that's fine. Um, I mean, I would classify that as as a headcanon. I mean, like for example, yeah. um, like I think that there's a lot of stuff in canon that you could read into it, and then. Uh, that, which is why the fix works so well, where Blaine and Kurt have a dominant submissive relationship. Do they really? No, they don't. Of course they don't. <laughs> but it's there in a way where if you want your brain to play there, yeah, okay, right. it's fine. Like it kind of works. 
there are things you can explore. I mean, you can, there is a version you can explore, Kurt. There is enough there that you can explore Kurt as demisexual, but I, you know, for the most part, no, uh, he's at least by my own definition of like how I relate to things. I, I don't say it's Kurt sees right. a man. Most of them. I mean, he's, he's pretty, uh, he's pretty open to any, all kinds of guys. It's not even like he has a type. Um, Yes, he does. He doesn't. Yes, he does. Okay, go ahead. Older man. But Plain's not older. He's dressed like a grandpa, and he's 30. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that might be the the actor, the the actor's preferences bleeding over. Because I think think Chris has a thing for, I think Chris definitely likes older men, too. I think that may be part of Chris's preference. He has a magical age boyfriend, so who knows? That's going (laughs) to be a problem at some point. Anyway, we're gonna bring it away from Chris. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's personal. <laughs> I said that. How rude! <laughs> no, I'm not disagreeing very with you. I'm just very saying. cute. Good catch. <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, uh, kind of going back to season three. Um, I'm just trying to think. Like, it's unfortunate we don't get a lot of stuff about you know if they start having sex and then the show's like Haha, we don't want to talk about gay sex anymore um sure but they didn't talk about like finn and rachel having sex either no they really didn't Mm-mm. teen sex is kind of taboo they talked about <coughs> santana well and yeah Brittany. Be- yep and hardy a little bit like you could talk about like santana it was this whole thing with well that's that happens a lot with women loving women they get they get fetishized, like yeah, like, yeah a little they bit. Get fetishized, yeah. and they don't want to show them in like an actual relationship. Yep, that's why a lot of people like, you know, uh, Kurt and Blaine got the romance end, where Santana and Brittany got the physical end. Um, this is yeah, glee, oh, glee. Um, but yeah, so uh, they're definitely you know having it all the way through Christmas, and then I think you know Blaine starts to play, uh, play pull away emotionally. And then Kurt's like, hey, wait a minute, what are you doing? Like, this is a staple of our, you know, showing our intimacy. And I think that Kurt starts to use sex as a way to show his intimacy. He doesn't tell Blaine, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you know. I mean, they do. They do have ways that they tell each other, but not as, you know, not, Blaine is definitely not assured by anything that Kurt says, no. but Kurt's like, hey, I'm having sex with you. This is yeah. incredibly intimate to me. Um, Why are you like, doubting our relationship? Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's I would not, not be transactional for fun. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, also, it's funny, because, like, you think about, like, how Blaine's pulling away during the, um, uh, I just lost the episode, the Whitney Houston one. Dance, dance um, with somebody. somebody. Yes. Um, and Kurt says that they haven't had an unscheduled makeout section. Session. Mm-hmm. I almost had sex in there. Um, but mm-hmm. they still have the scheduled ones. So it's mm-hmm. still <laughs> happening. It's just not happening uh, with the abundance of Kurt's uh, current desires. Yeah. Uh, which apparently is a lot, <laughs> but he's. A, yeah. I mean, there's well, more I mean, sure. to that too. I mean, I'm guessing for a while Blaine must have been sending some sexy texts because Kurt's like, yeah, he's he's not even, you know, sexting me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's also it's kind of funny well, if he like, needs to know what emojis to use. I got you. <laughs> oh, yeah, clearly, I will show you my text history because snarky. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
Um, <laughs> making me blush with your text. Um, but I, it's kind of funny because they do kind of go like way fast into old married couple dumb because, you know, you do, you have this like Eastern relationship and you're really physical and you're like, oh yeah, I love this person. And then you're just like, oh, the sex all the time. And then it, you know, then it's not like every day, <laughs> like, you know, and, and Kurt is still learning that like, oh, we're not going to have like this all the time. It's about like just more than that. And Kurt's still learning that on top of it. But yeah, I mean, um, I think I, I see Kurt and maybe this is my own projection. I see him as just sort of like a healthy sexual being. Mm-hmm. And in order for him to feel balance, he needs to feel, needs to be fulfilled in that way. Oh, there's another pun. Uh, <laughs> Um, and he does sort of need the validation of being wanted exclusively and he needs that stress relief and he needs, he needs all those sort of connective things. Sex is a fantastic conduit for the complicated things that he's trying to pass off onto Blaine communication wise. Um, Yeah. Um, But I also see at the same time, again, going back to Kurt saying, romance and sex that division has divided that with the loss of the intimacy i bet he was also seeing a reduction in the romance that blaine was providing as well he was oh, yeah. he was texting so, him about shoe know, polish right yeah. so we were we were losing the casual romance of you know us holding hands of lingering glances that only we're seeing that those were disappearing as well and i think mm-hmm. he was as hurt by those um as much as the sex. Yeah. Well, and an interesting thing that kind of comes after that, at least my own head can, and is that after dance with somebody between that, you know, through season four, that sex can kind of take the place of conversations they're not having to Mm -hmm. like, so yeah, we want to, we're not going to talk about, you know, what's going to happen when you go off to college or, you know, whatnot, we're just gonna, you know, like, I'm just gonna assure you by having more sex with you. So it mm-hmm. becomes a, a, a replacement for other intimacy stuff, which Kurt will say later on in season six, I have intimacy issues. I'm not talking about my feelings. I, I think one of the things that he's doing is having sex instead. So, mm-hmm. yes, I, I agree with that head Yeah. Sense. And, you know, he, uh, he thinks that he's showing Blaine everything and Blaine just he just needs a little bit more he needs a few more words yeah but he doesn't know how to ask for them because Blaine doesn't know how to ask to be loved and that's where the Anderson headcanon of if he asks for love and care is he rejected kind of thing um what do you guys make of you know Santana will say this in season four but this I'm guessing kind of happened during season three when um you know they're already talking santana has that whole stuff in girls and boys on film about you know you guys were talking about getting married and you said that singing come what may was more intimate than sex um how do you guys fit that line into that sounds like something she overheard and they would not tell her (laughs) (laughs) that seems like really none of her business yeah, it's something that he and rachel i'm sure this at least he and rachel if not other members of the glee club have talked about or if you sing a duet with someone, that's the equivalent of cheating. So yeah, I, I yeah, I feel like that's the musical uh, fantasy going on. Um, I think Lee sometimes. I mean, I don't know, well, well get, when Kurt did "Lay Jazz Hot," Santana called it musical masturbation. 
Because he was duetting himself. So maybe it's Santana's issue. (laughs) (laughs) But all right. So I'm kind of want to get into the later season stuff now. Um, Unless is there anything else that you guys wanted to touch upon with anything that's within season three? No, I think it's all going to lead us right into the later seasons too. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, we get into the the season. We talked about the breakup stuff a little bit and how, you know, Kurt is devastated by the cheating aspect of it because of the physical act of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we get also devastated by the emotional betrayal. He is. I'm yeah. The whole thing is pretty bad, but yeah, it sucks. Um, Bad move, Blaine. Bad choice. So I'm just going to come out out of here on the podcast and say, I think that was a bad choice. Controversial opinion. (laughs) (laughs) We'd better put warnings around that one. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. So controversial, he got so brave. Um, So there's not a whole lot of sex going on between here and at least Christmas. Well. Oh, go ahead. Um. That's what I was trying to so, Okay, so what month did they break up in? October. Of the timeline? October. Okay, so October to Christmas to Valentine's Day to what month do they get back together? March or April. Yeah, March. Oof. Kurt. April-ish. Yeah. March. April-ish, yeah. Okay. And what month does Adam show up? Adam shows up in January. Okay. All right, so to set the timeline a little bit. You know, Kurt and Blaine really haven't seen each other since he went to to follow Rachel in September. October, they break up. So it's about a month that they were apart. They break up. And then Christmas. Now, here's a question. Do you guys think they slept together around Christmas? Yes. Yes. With Bert. Why? Why? I mean, what? what uh, did, I don't know. Bert was in the apartment and they didn't have any time alone, then that would... I, I don't know where else they would have they would have gone. Mm. I don't know if they definitely didn't have any time alone. I also think that they are efficiency experts. Um, true. They did have a partition. Was, there's a curtain. <laughs> um, and not that you really want to get it onto the sound of Bert snoring really loud. But <laughs> <laughs> when you're desperate. I mean, um, it's just a fascinating thing that, like... I think, well, again, sex can be many things. Some of them very efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that, I think that they did, um, and I think that's where Kurt started to think, like, maybe I can have sex with this person who's my friend and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's where Blaine starts to think, oh no, we're getting back together. Um, but I, I have a hard time believing that they wouldn't, or you know what? Maybe they didn't have the time to actually have sex, but maybe they made out or something. But it, I, if the opportunity was afforded them, I think that they would have in some yeah. way oh, yeah. Physi- yeah. really strongly yeah. physically connected. Yeah. Because, I think there was physical intimacy, yeah, whether it went kind. for um, um, full sex. I, I don't know that, but I think there was definitely some physical interactions between them. I mean, maybe they locked themselves in the men's room somewhere after I mean, they... Actually, they got to take a shower at some point. (laughs) (laughs) I always figured they just waited till he started snoring and then got each other off or just made out or something. But it's it's interesting because you can you can do it. (laughs) The sound of birds snoring in the background is so terrible. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but practical. Um, I... It's kind of funny because there's nothing to say one way or the other what happened. Um, yeah. If you want a headcanon that nothing happened, it's it's very, like, I don't think the show was trying to, with that one Blaine line and I do, I really don't think that the show was trying to say that. They were just like, oh, we were just together for these major holidays. But I, but know, in Blaine's brain, it was the same thing. Yeah. I, you know, they definitely, they probably slept in the same bed if nothing else. Yeah. Um, you know, they were definitely probably held hands a little bit. Um, I, you know, it's it's definitely, I don't know. I, I think it makes it very interesting uh, for a story anyway. If they It makes it much more complicated and messy and I interesting mean, to be. I mean, even so. if they didn't in any way act on things physically, I believe there was what Santana referred to as an energy exchange. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And I'm not talking about during the ice skating. I think that I think that that was there because it yeah. was there. I yeah. mean, you could see it was on Blaine's face. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. And Kurt um, was way too comfortable, way too happy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so, so yeah, let's talk about Adam. The uh, the Whoa, rebound that didn't the bounce Adam very well. Notes. You what? I'm scrolling to find him in my notes here. Oh, got a whole Adam section. I, Around that same Christmas, Christmas time, going back to this. Oh, sure. You know, yeah, I keep going about this romance sex division thing mm-hmm. <clears throat> that Blaine broke down those barriers. And I think around Christmas time, and we're starting to see that, you know, in the Valentine's thing as well, mm-hmm. Kurt started putting the separating them again in his mind. Well, after oh. Blaine shows up for Christmas is when the previously unaired Christmas happens, right? Or is it before? I know that you don't think it's canon. Exist. I know you don't think it's canon. <laughs> doesn't I exist. think it's supposed to be just before. I think it's just before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that deters Kurt from having sex with people. I think it just makes him maybe uh, check on their legitimacy a little bit more than just straight up go for it. I okay so here's my thing I guess I because I don't think this early I think with when we get to the second breakup and Walter and other dudes and where that I can totally buy Kurt I almost said Chris geez Kurt um, (laughs) (laughs) doing things but I just I guess I just don't see it here um you don't think he had sex with Adam I think he did I just don't think he had sex with some random Santa guy um or well, he didn't, because it didn't get exist. to. Um, no, because he didn't, didn't get to. Because it didn't no, exist. No, it happened. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I saw, I saw the underwear. It happened. <laughs> In an imagine, it's an alternate. You know, okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to win this argument, and you know the other two guests are being nice. Agree um, to disagree. Kurt totally rubbed his butt on that guy's crotch. <laughs> but also, he'd had like half a drink. But so I just do pretty sweaty. Yeah, I just do not. Gosh, that's another conversation we will get to in a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think that he was just so emotionally out of it that Adam was a testing the pool waters again, or the 
you know, just sticking his foot in. He was testing so many things with Adam. He was testing to see whether or not he was desirable, whether or not he was an adult because Adam was older. He was testing to see if he could ask someone out. He, He was doing all those things. Yeah, which he is was why trying to see whether or not he really was still in love with Blaine. Right. Spoiler alert, he was. And I just don't see that kind of Kurt, who's kind of timid again and taking things slow and and really trying to, like, he's not. For you know, I feel like after they get through the season five stuff and they're back together and they mature a bit, Kurt is more comfortable with. Sure, that guy's hot. Let's do it. But here in season four, I just, I guess I just don't feel it. We can agree yeah. to disagree on that. Like, I mean, he I, must have seemed like he was that into, that into Adam. Well, and Adam, the Adam's even, sorry, I'm just talking about hypothetical sexy Santa in between. He's just yeah. trying to disprove the fake AU. Fine. Well, he was just, well, he was still getting, well, he was getting settled into his new New York life too. Yeah. Uh, and still, he was adjusting to living in a whole new state on his own for the first time. So he had a lot going on with school and everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he would have had an opportunity even. Yeah. Well, and I think he does also have. How do you mean trauma. he wouldn't have an opportunity? <laughs> well, and let's. You know what? Now that I we're, think this is. Talk I, about I think that line. he has a lot of opportunities, but he doesn't necessarily. The 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 Blaine thing hurt him, and he felt rejected, and he kind yes. of went back to that place where he didn't feel. You know, you have that scene where he's talking with Rachel, talking about, like, gosh, like, why would Adam be interested in me? And it's like, I don't know. Have you met you? (laughs) Can you see yourself right now? Gay men are supposed to be shallow. People are shallow. Lots of people are shallow. I mean, you look around Yana, there's not very many attractive people there. (laughs) Let's take a second, really quick, though, backtrack and talk about his line where he said, I had temptations and I didn't act on them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's something that he just threw at Blaine. I think there are, like, guys at the school or even at Vogue who are like, hmm, check you out. He's right? at you Vogue. Up. Yeah. She's and imagine the a... well-dressed older men. And, you know, it's Kurt. He probably gets off a little bit on going, yeah, I'm taken. <laughs> like, it's, you know, like, yeah, you're hot, but I, you can't have this. Mm-hmm. That seems Kurt to me. Um, yes. So, anyway. But yeah, going back to no, you know why? Can't, you know why that can't happen, Sarky? Because <sighs> Bert and Blaine are there for Christmas. After they're there after. No, they're there at Christmas. Rachel, he says, yeah, but Rachel's still there. She hasn't gone on her cruise yet. Uh huh. It's right they before they had all their stuff stolen. That's why Bert brings the tree. Mm-hmm. It makes some sense. <laughs> We're gonna disagree. Disagree. <laughs> okay. I think you anyway, are the old anyway. He has sex with Adam. He has sex with Adam a few try a few times. He's trying to move on. I think it is so not. Tried until... it, but I think the connection there isn't as good, and it makes him no. question whether or not. I also don't think he has Adam sex isn't with as good or Adam until Girls and Boys on film. Like up until that point, like between the coffee date and Sadie Hawkins and Girls and Boys on film, he's you know they're going on dates. They're kind of flirty. They might have made out a little bit, and then he goes home, and then he has sex with Blaine. And then he comes back and he's like, you know what? I'm going to prove I'm not, I'm over Blaine. Here's this really hot guy who I'm really getting along with. I'm going to go sleep with him. And then next thing you know, he's got his boyfriend pillow. I think he has sex with Adam before he goes home for I do. Why do you say that? Because he thinks he can have casual sex. Yes. Okay. I, I can totally buy that. Mm-hmm. Also, Adam has his own place that he lives where Rachel and Santana aren't there. 
I mean, they are cock blockers to the extreme. So it's hard in the loft. Plus, Brody's around now. Oh, Oh, God, yeah. I forgot about Brody. Let's, you know, and there's, there's something I want to throw out right there. Here's Brody, an attractive man, walking around naked, and Kurt's like, oh. Like, I love that that's part of the, his growth. Because, you know, season one, Kurt would be like, oh, God, naked guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but here, you know, I like that he's matured enough in season four where he's like, oh, why? He's like, whenever that dick is a dime a dozen, get it out of my sight. Well, Brody also has a terrible personality and it kind of invited himself to move in. <laughs> yeah, it actually well, seems to Rachel fit with invited me. Him. It, it actually seems to fit with season one, Kurt, who mm-hmm. falls and falls for the nice guys. And yeah. Brody yeah. from the very beginning, well, no, the first couple episodes he was encouraging her. But by the time he just moves in, um, I don't think um, Kurt saw him as a nice guy at all. So I yeah. don't think that that would be attractive to him. Yeah, right. nobody wants a naked ass on their vintage flea market chair. <laughs> yes. Right? No, exactly. Yeah. And, so. and you don't want reminders that your roommates are having sex. I'm no. sorry. Oh, I'm getting best guess seeing that. I wonder how much he probably did spend time over at Adam's place because Brody and Rachel probably were loud and obnoxious. Oh, uh-huh. But think about it. It's only a month. There's like one month between when he meets Adam and when girls and boys on film happen, or a month and a half, this is right yeah, after Valentine's I think, Day. I think he has sex with Adam before he goes home. For I do. I think it's what gives him uh, the courage to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll just try having sex with Blaine and see how that goes. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, and then he comes back, and then he has sex with Adam again just to test the waters to see if it's like a feelings machine or not. Well, that's an interesting thing to throw on the Blaine stuff because then, you know, he has sex with Blaine and he's trying to be casual about it. And we're just friends. Like he, I'm guessing he and Adam had decided they're just friends or they're not really, I don't ever think that they were like considered each other boyfriends. It was, they were dating, but they were not exclusive. Right. And I don't um, think he would have said they were just friends. impression that they were becoming exclusive by the time Kurt goes and gets engaged. I think that Adam didn't ask Kurt to be his boyfriend, mm-hmm. and so Kurt conveniently assumed that they were not exclusive. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that Kurt uh, cheats on Adam. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> cheats, cheats on Adam. Cheats on Adam. <laughs> cheats on Adam when he goes home for Valentine's Day, yes, and then. And then, you know, uh, Adam wants to take him out to the date and the romantic movie. And I'm sure Adam was like, okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to have sex with this guy tonight. I'm going to put on all the moves. And I'm going to woo him into my handsome, older, international man lair. Um, and it doesn't work. No, because well, it's not plain. I mean, I think, point. yeah, like, I think Kurt's learning that, too, that, um, you know, you can have sex with another person and yeah, it'll feel good, but okay, it's not this other thing. Because yeah. when he, and he has, doesn't ha- he doesn't have the regret that Blaine does when Blaine breaks their relationship because he doesn't have that to lose. He just has a sort of like, huh, that wasn't that wasn't as good as I'm used to. That's not what I Yeah, you know. Well, I've had yeah. Then you know, he tries to downplay the stuff with Blaine and I do, but you know that they're like that hotel is not the only time they're hooking up. Oh, you mean the showgirls double feature? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and then also, you know, okay, so we get Adam, you know, and even in the loft, there's a distance physically between them. Uh, and, and I don't mean like, no, not in a, oh, I don't think they had sex way. I think it's a, okay, I don't really like, like you as much as I think I want to like you kind of thing, if that makes any sense. I think also Rachel and Santana are there and they are nosy and yes. he is private. And if he begins canoodling, um, he's he gonna, will hear about it. He will have their comments and Santana will say things like, hey, remember last week when you fucked Blaine? Because that's something <laughs> she would say. Which she did um, say that. Which she yeah. did say. <laughs> I'm just saying she would, she would say a little more. Um, True. And, yeah. you know, Adam did did sleep there. They were snowed in there for, uh, days, right? Well, and I love during the conversation, Santana though, doesn't have a room. Santana's room is the couch, I think. She, I don't well, know, she just pops he, into another dimension from time to yes. time. <laughs> there are, there, you can tell Oh, here's my episode, fucking dimension where I keep my stuff. In the episode, <laughs> there are pillows and blankets on the couch. So Adam's not sleeping in the bed with Cart. Like, no, why isn't Santana sleeping there? She's sleeping with Rachel? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, you're right. She just I bet she just finds another place to sleep every night. And just has I mean she there. doesn't she doesn't have there is no bed location unless she's in Kurt's bed. Which I don't oh, think is fun. There's no, no bed I'm, location for her. I, so I think that's hers. Because he mm, and Adam are sitting next to each other on the couch. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. So it, you can, and really, there's no wrong head cannon, and there's um, no way if if someone you're kind of casually sort of dating tells you you have to sleep on the couch, you would not right. have the the date the next day where it's like let's make our own romance. You would That's get the true. you would get the it would be loud the, and clear. Yeah. This person is does not want that for me because you know I'm 24. I'm old. I'm sophisticated. Yeah, That's sure. true. <laughs> well, all I, you know, and then, you know, the date happens and it's not long after that, like, it's literally about a week or two later that Kurt has his boyfriend pillow. So, you know, it's kind of funny because it must have just like been one of those things. They had the date. They probably slept together again and then stopped because um, Blaine, I mean, Kurt never really technically breaks it off with Adam. It's not until he comes back in the cage that he <laughs> so he gets the boyfriend pillow, stops talking to Adam pretty he much buys entirely. buys the boyfriend pillow right after the breakup when he's oh, on the ambient. But he, yes, true. He pulls it back that. out yeah. after I do. Because right. I think there's him realizing casual sex is again different from intimacy and he's mm-hmm. missing that intimacy. Yeah. So these dates with Adam and whether or not it's including sleeping with him are fun, casual, but they're not intimate. Yeah. This is such a fun conversation. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So when we get to wonderful and Kurt comes back home and his little head speech mm-hmm. about, don't worry, we're not hooking up. Oh, yeah, you totally are. <laughs> like that's like the greatest foreshadowing. Ever. No, they're not hooking up. They're just getting married. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even in the script, I wish they hadn't cut this out of the script for Love, Love, Love. But then you know they start to talk about you know 
I thought we were putting labels on anything. I'm guessing through all of this Adam stuff, once I do hits and they've become friends again, they're texting all the time. They're talking Mm -hmm. all the time. You know, Kurt gets back home within, you know, however long it takes. They're They're probably sleeping together well before they get into the whole, you know, proposal stuff well so. not initially with wonderful because kurt's too nervous about his death that's true right after but once once bert is fine <laughs> there is some celebratory action yeah some release of stress going on there. yes oh uh, that's what i uh, another thing i wanted attention. to bring up i think kurt also uses sex as a way of stress relief and as a way to yeah yeah it's a great one. Yeah. So, Very efficient. Like his dad could have almost died. It's fine. He's fine. He's got all this pumped up adrenaline from that. Oh, plane is telling me I, you know, look dirty cute. Let's do this. <laughs> and I can hear him say, okay, we're not putting labels on this right now. We're just going to do this. Oh. Don't, don't call me honey this time. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, um, because you know, you know that Blaine is all up with the sweetheart, Nokia Gums kind of lovey-dovey stuff. (laughs) Darling, darling. (laughs) Please be my lover. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so let's talk about season five. Well, uh, pre-New York arc stuff. We get Skype sex. We get... Well, basically, mostly successes. cyber lucky. <laughs> but we get, cyber lucky, you know. But you know, then we get. Um, let's talk about Elliot for a second, because I like that. You know, he's Kurt at this point feels so much more comfortable in his skin and his mm-hmm. sexuality. And here's another gay man, and they're totally they can even like be kind of flirty, and it's fine. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's important. I think it's healthy to show that too. Like, it's important to show like healthy friendships between gay men. Like, you know, just mm-hmm. because they're, they're gay, they're both attracted to men. That doesn't mean that they can't just be friends. Yeah. I loved that. It was so needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I just, I think this gets into. I really think at this point in the story. Kurt is comfortable with sex in a way that maybe, you know, obviously we talked about how he wasn't a baby penguin, but like, I do think it took a while to like kind of get used to this idea. But, but I think, you know, once he's engaged and once he and Blaine are regularly, regularly doing things. And once Blaine gets to New York, it's sure. I mean, they have, he and Elliot have a conversation in New York where he talks about not getting a lot of sleep and Elliot goes straight to, Oh, <laughs> and he's like, no, we were delicing. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is Sadly. not what happened. <laughs> I thought I was, I laid myself on the chair on the painting couch. I presented myself and no. But All no. Wrong. Oh, and I like, I, I, you know, I like that. I just, I like that it's a more, yeah. I, you know, it's an aspect of their life. But it's not it like mm-hmm. the whole, it's yeah. not, it's no longer a taboo. Like, oh gosh, it's, you know, a, the gay sex episode. It's, that's just, you know, they are a couple yeah. who are in a, a relationship. And when it's, co- when he has those conversations with Rachel, there's competition. There's a comparison. She does that. She can't help but do that. 
oh, look what you have and I don't have or this or that, you know. And, um, you know, we have him, you know, by the time we're in the New York arc, we have Kurt fairly happy with lots of things and Rachel Mm -hmm. still pretty unhappy. She's got a lot of sad stuff happening. Um, So it's just not the proper place. I mean, and the only other person to talk to is Mercedes, who does not want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> well, she does know what their sexy Skyping sounds like. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> she's listening. Yeah. She's listening in. <laughs> <laughs> of course she is. Um, she's so like, yeah, oh, let's... I just happened to be standing here by your curtain when you opened it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to... The kitchen? (laughs) (laughs) How far are you going to take this little fanfic? (laughs) There are so many. I know. (laughs) They're good, too. She's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But, yeah, so we get into the New York arc. We get, you know, they've obviously, even as the New York arc starts, New York arc. I might have trouble saying that. um, Starts. We get a lot of, you know, just a lot of indication that they're just sleeping with each other all the time because that's what a couple people who can lives hear together. things. The curtains yeah. are stupid, <laughs> <laughs> which yes, they are. <laughs> oh man! But I also think that Kurt is retaliatory against uh, Rachel because of Brody. <laughs> because of Brody, yes, Brody. Oh my god. And Sam's just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> Sam is scarred for Sam life. Sam doesn't care. <laughs> Sam's like, all right, have fun. I'm going to go find an- somebody Put on my headphones. Yeah. Put on my headphones. Blame um, on me these really nice headphones. <laughs> They're noise <laughs> 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 a book on tape. Blame awesome. on me a book on tape and some headphones. <laughs> You mean, talk about the fact that Sam shaves Blaine's back during the New York arc. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. We just talked yeah, about I that know. in season six. <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, and I don't know if I have a whole lot to say about the New York arc um, that, you know, there's tested. And this is an interesting, like, look how far they've come. Like, this is you know, sex is a very important part of their relationship. And it's kind of like dance with somebody again, only mm-hmm. with, you know, more going on. Um, but I don't know. What do you guys, do you have thoughts about what's going on during season five? Cause I know I've talked a lot, so I'll let you guys talk a little bit. I think I, they have a very normal, regular relationship. I think that they've settled into being able to, I mean, even in I Do, they talk about um, fetishes a little bit because they talk about the fey bow tie and the being fratty and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And there's that time when Mercedes comes home and she's just assumed that Blaine's lit all these candles. You know, like, um, it seems like there's there's no problem with their sex life that's complicating other things. If there's a problem, it can come into it. But it's not like there's some problematic thing that they're doing right. um, that's making it worse. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think their sex life is great. I think there is a feeling throughout the latter half of season five of something being wrong with their intimacy. And mm-hmm. I think there's a frustration on Kurt's part 
particularly feeling like he's doing everything right. They're Mm -hmm. having sex. They're spending time together. You know, they're trying to put each other first, and yet they're still coming across these issues, Um, which I think is, you know, once again, going to lead us to the season six breakup. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but on paper and on mechanics and everything, everything is fine. Yeah. Even in tested when they do have the, like, you know, Blaine pulls away emotionally again and then stops having sex. Cause like Kurt's like, we haven't been intimate in a week. And, and, um, you guys remember that cartoon where it's like, at first it was a month <laughs> and there was a week one. and then he's <laughs> no, like, in the bondage gear and he's got his hold his one out like, it's noon. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. Oh my god, we'll have to try to dig it up. You're gonna have to find it. It's so good. Basically, it's It's just the progression. Dance with somebody where Kurt's like, it's been a week. And then with Tested, and he's like, it's been a week. And then late, it's the future, and it's Kurt, it's been since yesterday. No, it's been since like the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and Blaine is like, but. Kurt, I'm so sore from last night. <laughs> and and Kurt's in bondage gear. It's so funny. <laughs> like I, I was trying to pick that, that up. That drew that. Okay. Sure. I think so. Oh man. Yeah. See, I don't even know it. how to find that, but we'll find it for you. Okay. Um, please do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, and then there's the porn comes back. I love this. It's kind of fun. I, I like that that's part of Kurt. Like he doesn't like porn. Um, it's just not his thing. He doesn't. Well, he has no need for it. That too. Yes. Yeah. So, so when someone else has a need or desire for it, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody else and they're consuming a lot of porn, it does make you feel self-conscious about the yeah. fact that yeah. mm, maybe something's not right here. Yeah. Well, and let's also talk about the fact that Kurt is now comfortable taking his shirt off and, you know, kind of, yeah. it, you know, showing himself off. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And where, where's the baby penguin there? Yeah. Stripping off his shirt. Yeah, there were no layers in New York. He didn't have the layers like he was going for an Arctic expedition. Yeah. He no. Actually, He's like and, tossing and no- his shoulder out to the people at um, the cafe. <laughs> Yeah, with oh, a yeah. tattoo. But yeah, during combat class, I guess I'll be skinned. So like, it's, you know, and it, and, and again, it, you know, you can be sexy and, and, and show off like your physical attributes and still be in a committed relationship and have that mean something. Yeah, and like, I, absolutely. And, and yeah, I mean, you guys definitely know that. It's just kind of funny how, like, it seems like a media thing. Like, oh, if you, you know, you you know, you can only be sexy to your partner. Like, yeah. If anything, I think it makes Kurt feel that he's even more bonded to Blaine because it's like, look at all these options, all these people who want me, but instead it is all for you, my Cheeto evil boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> And he's also <laughs> like, he's like, I've got the sword, I've got the thing. Yeah, can hey, we boy, talk about um, like, love is a battlefield being a metaphor for anger sex? Because oh, I feel yes. that deeply. Those swords are clashing. <laughs> yeah, they can't really show that on Glee, but there's probably it was some... a good. It was a good cut to the dance montage version of it. Yeah. <laughs> so. But, you know, yeah, and and so I think going into the next breakup, we get this next breakup, and why, you know, after Kurt is kind of okay 
or so he thinks emotionally. Um, yeah, Kurt can hook up with whatever, you know, whoever he wants. And I don't think that's a, a thing. I don't think there's the hesitation like there was with Adam. I don't think mm-hmm. there's, um, that's just my personal headcanon. I mean, I can let you guys have the floor and, you know, what do you guys think? Yeah, I wonder if he thought that it was really over for good. Like maybe with Adam, he thought he had still had a chance with Blaine and, and he did. But then it was season six. He thought, well, this is second breakup and now maybe it's over for good. I'll and so I, I really I knew you need to start dating someone else again. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, I think Kurt is a a still a sexual being, and he's still like, well, oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm not. There are lots of hot guys in New York. I haven't really done anything for respect of Blaine, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, then he's like, oh, you know, I want to date. I want to have sex. I miss having sex. I, you know, I that that was a very healthy part of the relationship, as we just said, to go without it for a few months. And he's like. I want, I kind of want this back. Like this was a nice thing. I mean, not just the sex, but also intimacy, also a relationship. I think Kurt likes being in a relationship, but um, yeah. But I, I also see it. So I've been one who's actually more come to accept the fact that um, Kurt probably had sex during this period of time. And one of the things that I've been thinking about is. Oh, hold this, on just a second. I, Somebody <clears throat> needs to show off their masculinity with the. <laughs> That's me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Everything I do is loud. (laughs) (laughs) Not you. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, honey. (laughs) Um, um, This idea, again, that um, Kurt was saying we're too young, Mm -hmm. um, which really was, to me, kind of reflecting of how he felt like he hadn't gotten a lot of experience. You know, he had gone Mm -hmm. into this one relationship um, and had gotten engaged by 19 years old. Um, and everybody told them that he was too young and he's looking at it going, we're too young. And so I really do feel like after he's said, okay, Blaine is gone. He's gone because, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be because we're too young. Then I'm going to go and do what gay men my age are doing and other college students are doing of having casual sex and casual relationships and just experiencing the world at this point. Um, I see that, but I don't see an example of him doing it. And I see him not, I think the the, the young thing also has to do with the fact that I think he thought he was going to get everything that he found as a teenager later in life. He thought he was going to have to wait. So, I think that he understands to a certain level that he is kind of immature. I mean, a lot of them are fairly still very immature at this time and they're under a lot of pressure and there's no rush. Like Kurt's already decided that he and Blaine are going to be together. And so that little bit of extra pressure, he just felt like if I can't handle it, it must be because it must be because I'm immature. I, you know, and I, I, it can be taken. I'm not disagreeing with any of that statement. I just, I guess I have my own headcanon in that, you know, uh, I mean, I even wrote in like the fic that I wrote, but for the, between the six, season six stuff that he did hook up with one person. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think he went crazy wild with it, um, though you can headcanon it. I'm not against it. I mean, if he wants to meet a sexy Santa at this point, then I would buy it. Um, <laughs> but, 
sure. Christmas in July. Except for that he's been busy with the yeah. people at the retirement home. He's been busy at mm-hmm. school. He's been, I, I think, also doing Vogue. He doesn't, he doesn't, I mean, he says he hasn't been dating. We don't necessarily know whether or not he's gone to that club that they went to before. Like, yeah. I think that he, I'm, some, I think all of a sudden, weeks have passed in his life and he hasn't yeah. noticed it. I yeah. wonder if also, and you guys can totally disagree with me on this, I wonder if Kurt's also the type of person that doesn't crave it outside of the relationship as much. Like, he he much more misses being in a relationship and having sex as opposed to, like, I can see him, tr- you know, he hooks up with a couple guys casually and then it's like, eh. <laughs> at a time? <laughs> I don't know. Sure, I'm just spitballing here. Oh, I can definitely see that <laughs> like for Kurt. Kurt is, of, <laughs> like Kurt is definitely a homebody. I, I can see yeah. that, and I and I relate to him in that sense. I'm not to make it all about me, but I I relate to him. In that. I mean, it's I definitely, okay. We can it can be about you. I, all right. I mean, I like sex, I like romance, but I don't. I don't really. Yeah. I'm a homebody. I don't. I hardly ever go out or actually meet people. So I mean, Kurt I mean, is the one that has the boyfriend time. pillow. This is a great time for him to just find a few videos that he enjoys. Yeah. He's finally alone. Have a sex toy. Be alone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. he can he just. The fanfic. He can have He can have a lot of sex just in private, his own yeah. private. And I think that's probably what happened in the yeah. in between, between five and six. Because his um, body is still going to say like, hey, remember that thing? Yeah, that you're. Thing? I can see Kurt getting stressed about something. Oh, just give me like an hour. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. I gotta run home. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, yeah. So uh, coming into season six, let's talk about Walter. <laughs> I don't think he has sex with Walter. I don't think he does either, actually. But that's I don't you know. think Walter has. <sighs> I think that they, I they have very they have a very short amount. I mean, you know, you're the timeline master. They have a very short amount of time together. Um, it's they um, have an initial a month. They have like an initial meeting. They have a, a date where Sue makes fun of how old he is. They have a double date with Rachel and Sam, and then. Glee did the editing wrong, but he shows up at their next coffee date saying, by the way, I'm breaking up with you. Not really yeah. breaking up with you, but like I'm I didn't We're even done going me. back. Let me just yeah. remind you that you're not going to the wedding with me. So not. I don't even I don't see a lot of time. I mean, I can imagine yeah. Walter thinking, I'm gonna get to know this guy, it's gonna be good. We're gonna this is what a relationship is like because he's gonna be older and perhaps more patient. Um they're just kind of trying to be people um how much experience does walter have i don't know maybe not that much there's a lot of baggage on that too like yeah and like would kurt let him in there's my fun (laughs) emotionally in that way like i just think that there's a lot of sex acts that are just straight up off the table with somebody like walter and i i i I still kind of go back to this of kurt has realized that blaine is the one Blaine is the one that he wants. And Walter is sort of like this distraction. Yeah. He's just someone to hang out with and spend time with. I don't even know if they're really dating. But it's going back to this idea of what Kurt feels in terms of being um, 
intimate and connected and what he considers cheating. And I think once he's decided that Blaine is it, that those kind of, that other kind of sexual relationship outside of that is going to feel like cheating to him. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, unless, unless banging a significantly older man is on his which it could be it could be like you know it could be i uh, but i you know and i i but don't it, even that's the only reason why he would yeah yeah <laughs> so I, I personally as i said i see kurt going through this kind of mourning period for blaine in the summer then saying i'm gonna have casual sex and experiencing that and then having this realization that oh i want to date trying to date and get over Blaine, realizing that he can't, realizing that Blaine is the one. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, you know, the need for casual sex is gone. Um, The need for a casual relationship is really gone as well at that point. Yeah. And so that's why I just feel like Walter, it's too late for Walter. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I can kind of see, you know, Kurt being like, okay, well, you're discovering that you're out. I will, like, not, like, actually <clears throat> saying this, but kind of through his actions, I'll make out with you. You can see what it feels like I to kiss a man. I will be your sex guru. Um, but not, <laughs> I, I just don't necessarily see, especially with all of the, ref- I mean, they go out of their way within season six to point out that Blaine and Karofsky have a sexual relationship. But anytime it comes to Kurt and Walter, it's very... Um, it's very much very like chaste. friends. Yeah. yeah, I mean, at one and point, part of it, Kurt thinks he's cute, but Kurt thinks older men are cute. Yeah, uh, it, it's not any more than you know, like you know, if it is like Ricky Martin or Cooper or whoever. Um, at the time when the episode was airing, I read a lot of Kurt Walter smut fix, and <laughs> none of them really generated buy-in. Yeah. So I've decided that they don't. <laughs> I love that you kind of take what you want from fan fiction and make it your own headcanon. Well, I'm just um, saying, like, sometimes it seems very applicable to the character. And yeah, a lot like, of Adam Like, oh, does. this is backup. Yeah. This is backup. Yeah. But, um, I, I mean, uh, yeah, if, they've you, had... if you can't, if you can't fill in the gaps, then yeah. it just doesn't work. You're right. There's, There's only this three fic dates called there, every too. broken broken bone that really talks oh well God. between the five. And the <laughs> <laughs> wow. There's well, thank you. Smut in it though. It really it needed more smut. Did it? <laughs> well, as an editor to that particular sure. fic, you you could have said something to the author and they would have tried. <laughs> I think I did. I think there's some in there because I was like, ha ha. <laughs> um, yeah. So for the five of you that may not know, that's my fix. I'll read it. <laughs> um, but anyway, Pam does shameless self-promotion all the I'm, time. Well, you know, the fix. Does it, and it's so. funny now. So now I do it too. <laughs> um, so yeah. I don't have another person who's writing the in-between things currently. So, yeah, that's good. Um, I do think, you know, if I, if I were to ascribe a, a headcanon to what if they hadn't met, what if they met in college, I think that Flaming Muses near misses is pretty yeah. good. Oh yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty good. It broke me. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, well that kind of goes into, I mean, mm, I'm like sitting in the fork of the road and where do I want to go? Let's finish up the canons up first. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. So I really don't have much to say, like once they get back together, um, it's kind of, you know, what they were doing before, but, uh, do you guys have any thoughts about like Kurt and Blaine in the future and, or Kurt and how he, you know, does his opinions or does he, how he views sex or whatnot change? Do you think when he gets older? I I mean, I think everybody as they age, the, I mean, you they change the different, your opinions, the things you like, the things, I mean, things change. I mean, he'll still be attracted to Blaine, but it's, but, you know, they might want to try different things, experiment with different things in the bedroom, experiment with different, I don't know, positions or whatnot. Or, you know, I mean, people like to, I don't think every, nobody is, I, I mean, nobody is exactly the same person they were, they are at you know, age 20 for the rest of their life. Thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, I agree. I think Kurt is, I think he's uh, fully sexually evolved by the end of the series enough that yeah. like the rest yeah. of all the adding in is just various stages of adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's some interesting things to think about, you know, the sort of complicated dry spell of parenting a young child. Mm-hmm. Um, I only have the experience of actually having given birth to said child. So <laughs> it's a lot more complicated for me than it would have been for the two of them. Um, mm-hmm. But that would affect their relationship in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they were doing it as fairly they, young men, too. Yeah, and I think that they also, you know, they're going to have to learn about being older and being sexually compatible with as you as you get older and you get busy and you age and you have responsibilities uh, and you have kids and then there's no privacy again. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's different for sure, but I could see he and Blaine, you know, sort of continuing on with the very, you know, sort of healthy, romantic, flirty... It's sort of like, um, did you ever read any of the like post go your own way fix? Not when it was, mm-hmm. when there was a sequel to the book, but the fix that were all about, you know, and then they started adopting like a thousand children and all this stuff started happening. And they maintain this very like healthy, sexual, loving relationship with all of those things going on. And I see them as still sort of being those like, you know, domestic horn dogs that we see them in in New, New York, <laughs> well, the kind, it- you know. I, I I feel like that's it's a the way that they are physically in love is mm-hmm. not going to go away. I yeah. feel like it's gonna come full circle and he's gonna be a lot like Bert. And you know, he's gonna say in front of his kid, I'm gonna enjoy old people's sex with your you know, your dad. Like it that's you know yes. I have that awkward conversation with his kid. Um you know, but it'll be It'll be good. Um, yeah. Kind of, there's two things I want to touch upon before we get into kind of some of the headcanon fan and or the fan and stuff. But um, wait, let one, me get on my motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one is um, I, really quickly. Uh, let's talk about the people within um, the 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 universe because um, I, I can't believe we forgot to talk about this before we were t- in that t- particular uh, part of the the series. Um, how people's opinions of him are different than what actually happens. And more specifically, like you look at Tina, you look at that fantasy where she's, you know, walking in on the making out and Kurt's like, Oh my gosh, don't look at me. And the reality of when he's actually interrupted having, you know, sex or whatever, making out with Blaine, the two times that we see that and once in the car, when Mercedes stops them. And then when Sam stops the, them in New the York murder. and the, like you don't interrupt sexy times with Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think it's an interesting dichotomy because, like, 
you know, and I think this is kind of the way, you know, media and outside factors are looking at the show too in this, right. you know, Kurt, oh, here's this, you know, like very, you know, feminine, uh, you know, gay man who's like, oh my gosh, I got to cover myself. Like, you know, and well, the I way, think that's also, that's Tina. That's Tina too, <laughs> but I'm just using it as a metaphor for like all of these conversations I've seen in the real world. Um, all of these, you know, like Kurt's sexless and stuff like that, where in reality, the fictional reality um, is that Kurt. The like, fictional. <laughs> Good point. Uh, Kurt will end you if you try to disrupt his sexy times. Um, so, just wanted to throw that point out there as well. Um, uh, did we want to go back and touch really uh, back? Ugh, did we want to go back and touch upon how um, you know? we were talking way early on about how a lot of people thought Kurt was the quote unquote girl and how that changes like in a lot of, you know, Blaine's role starts to change and how, you know, really they seem like equals, but I, I know we were going to put a pin on that and talk about that later, but we never got back to it. And I just wanted to open that up again. If anybody wanted to say something, it's really kind of interesting to me of how this changed as Chris Colfer got taller. Yes. That, <laughs> You know, um, during season two, he was at the early portion, he was still a little bit shorter. Um, and then by the end of season two, early season three, he's got a couple of inches on um, Darren slash Blaine and things start to change then. He's also not as soft. Like he's he's definitely got more angles going on. Uh-huh. And Blaine it starts to more feminine qualities, I think, come into Blaine, the way Darren played Blaine. Right. Um, I think so. Blaine was always kind of effeminate. I mean, that's kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean. But, um, sure. So. Yes. Yeah. But, but it is interesting to me of how perceptions of how we expect masculine and feminine and men and women's relationships to go. And then you start having your characters sort of starting to look a little bit more like that role. And then there's fandom's expectation that that's how they are too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I guess this kind of ties in with my, my final thing that I wanted to talk about was the, you know, the fanfic and how do you, I mean, we talked a lot about this as we were going through it, but you know, do our own head cannons, you know, change how we watch the show or do like, I, you know, um, what are differences between fan and Kurt and canon Kurt? Well, well, canon Kurt is better than fan and Kurt, fan and Kurt, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, because Baby Penguin, we talked about that a lot about, but yeah. Um, I think kind of me personally summing it up is a lot of what we talked about how, you know, the show kind of goes about like you know showing a healthy equal relationship and i mm-hmm. think fanon and and that's not a bad thing uh, you know but fanon kind of like tries to go and explore different avenues like the um you know dominant sub stuff or you know just lots of who different tops, avenues who bottoms yeah. oh yeah that kind of stuff no they both do they both do. I mean, that's yeah. canon. <laughs> They're up for fun. Exactly. So, so I would yeah. say that that is canon. 
it is. It is. There was a banner. (laughs) (laughs) Not true. Not really. Not really. (laughs) Not really. Uh, Also, none of your business. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So ultimately, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of the stuff that I had in mind, we actually touched upon when we were going through the series. Oh, we touched Um, it. (laughs) Of course we did. The thing that I'm glad you guys decided to come talk with me because I think it's just such a fascinating aspect of Kurt's story because it's so when you when people talk about it or when people like, you know, mostly in the media, like Kurt's sexless or baby penguin or whatever. And there's such an interesting. I don't even understand how people get that. They're so wrong because people are wrong on the Internet. You know why, though, is because men are so overly aggressively sexual all the time, especially gay men. So to see, you know, a a, there's that tied with the fact that people did feel like and there was some censoring in season three. But the fact that, you know, all these straight couples could like kiss or whatever and Kurt and Blaine weren't. So there's a lot of that mixed in. Mm -hmm. Um, But but it's nobody says that Blaine was sexless. Well, it's because, you know, yeah. Blaine was, you know, trying to get it on with everybody at first. So, I don't know. And, well, Kurt's like the more, like, stereotypical one of the two. I mean, I mean, that's been, you know, they talked about that several times, many times during the show. But I guess people, the average, like, general audience or people that don't even watch the show look at Kurt and like, oh, he's just a stereotypical gay. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Off. Like that stupid post. It was, I mean, oh, oh yeah. I hate that. Right? I that post. I mean, I mean the old oh. people are like half my age, so I don't know why I'm, I'm mad about it. But yeah. It, they were like, so they were like, if, if the lead character of your show looks like this, it's a bad show. I'm like, yeah. and basically, I mean, the you, like, can, you can hear our hisses all across the country <laughs> there, I think. Yeah. Um, Whatever. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> Whatever. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, there's... I think, you know, once again, we have Kurt as the full universe character. I think that's pretty amazing that he was unplanned, um, that he, he, like all of them, began as a stereotype and grew into so much more mm-hmm. than you would have ever expected Glee to be capable of. Uh, and he, he and all the people that came with him in his universe, I mean, look at what Blaine got to be. I mean, first of all, Blaine got to be a character at all because Kurt was a character, Mm -hmm. but, Mm -hmm. um, like you got to have this sort of richer story of all of these different things, uh, because, they took the time over these six seasons to allow this character to really grow and thrive. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I like it. I mean, there's, you know, it's not perfect, but yeah. the, the imperfections of Glee, mm-hmm. um, they really made fandom work. Like fandom did the work and it made fandom work. And I think we all got a lot out of it. So like, I'm into it. It's great. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I kind of want to wrap up a little bit with uh, 
We didn't mention Kurt's gold to my pants, and I just felt like I should do that before we end this podcast because we had an entire two-hour conversation without mentioning those gold pants. I know. I can't believe we forgot about that. (laughs) I feel like we failed. Forgot? We did not forget. (laughs) Oh. Snarky, do you have a list of the... somebody, Somebody made some kind of comment. Maybe it was on a podcast. I wasn't on it. I'm not sure. But basically, the joke is that he always has those pants on underneath all of the other pants. <laughs> and so all That's pants funny. are just a tearaway pants to those pants. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Which, yeah. I love that. Snarky, do you have a list of your, your top favorite sexy Kurt moments? <laughs> well, all of them. I mean, <laughs> anybody can add. Like, I just figured you had it readily, like in a laminated little piece of paper of top <laughs> On my brain, it's laminated in my heart. <laughs> uh, well, you know, there really aren't very many non-sexy ones. I guess the faces during Animal. Though he does the little... <laughs> and, you know, prior to the faces, he's got that leg lift thing going on. Which, mm-hmm. kudos. That's a high kick. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll be able to get, I mean, Glee went crazy at the end there. He's doing push-ups in his underwear. That's true. How do we not talk about that? (laughs) You know what I think it's funny that we spent (laughs) so much time talking about like you know love and emotion and and intimacy, and we really didn't talk about like the actual like shallow end of the spectrum (laughs) with Kurt and sex. I just think that's kind of funny when he was blatantly doing push-ups in his underwear. Yeah. Which is not any different than let me present myself on the fainting couch. <laughs> I mean, he's also getting some push-ups out of it, but he's doing that. Yeah, that's when he to get sex. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, I love. There's a um, is it unfortunate plot twist who did the cartoon where he's doing the push-ups and Blaine just like puts the donuts on his back <laughs> and like sits down next to him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, Snarky, did we go through all your notes? Um, did we go through all my notes? I'm scrolling, scrolling. What about uh, Julia or Kelly? Do you guys have anything else that you want? Did you, did you guys have notes? Oh, I did have notes. I went through everything. I said everything I needed to say. I did not have notes. Okay. I just so. want to make sure everybody's voice was heard. Yeah. Good. I think you guys said some amazing stuff. I think we had a good conversation. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, well we will wrap Wait, this Do we up. have any... Um, I'm going to come up with a list of, like, my favorite Kurt Sex Meta fix. Oh. And when you post this podcast, okay. I will post to that. Will mine be on there? Because I think it should be on there. It's not that much sex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just have to write one, and then then you can put. Oh on there. darn! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, there's one that I can never really remember what it's called. I have to find it. It's all about like Kurt and Blaine and like the journey. Miss um, Q's scenes <gasps> um, during a breakup. I I would recommend. Um, I well, think I would really... recommend the arrangement. <laughs> hmm. The arrangement is it's like you know in. 2035, if I get a notification that that fic has been updated, I'm going to be like, awesome. I remember exactly where it stopped. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to stop everything you're doing and start. Yeah. Yeah. Like when um, 
sometime last year there was a notification that there was going to be like a final chapter of definition. I was like, what? Really? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Please don't it. make it just be one. Give me like Aww. three. It needs like three. But beggars can't be choosers, and I'm literally a beggar. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. I've been actually looking forward to doing this podcast probably since we started. Um, and I'm glad I got to know you guys before yeah. we continued on with this relationship. Um, but Because <laughs> doing You're this at the beginning would have been hard. Um, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Sorry. I'm so glad we got that last one in there. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. Uh, you keep talking. I can try. I can try some more. <laughs> you gonna vamp a little bit? Okay. So, um, yeah. So, thank you guys so much for this really excellent conversation. Um, next week we're gonna talk about Blaine and sex because there's. I, I think it's different, but you know, it um, is different it and is fascinating. Different. <laughs> Who are you and out of your my wheelhouse. Um, out of your wheelhouse? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, I just haven't done as much Blaine meta as Kurt meta. So, like, it's mm. like, oh, we're going to, I haven't really thought about it as much. So it's going to be interesting. Um, so, well, yeah, we I talked don't. talked about Blaine a little bit this time. So you can just put did. that in your notes. I will. Um, off the top of my head, I don't remember who my guests are. <laughs> it's just really horrible it's, of me. But it's Caroline Dorkmark. Okay. Um, so join us next week. We'll be we will be talking... haven't scheduled it yet, though. <laughs> no, we haven't. Um, next week, we will be talking more about sexy times with Blaine. And then... Sorry, gotta go. Uh, Motorcycles here. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what's after that. We'll probably eventually get back to some of the episodes. But uh, I hope you guys have been having a fun time. And I'll see you next yeah. Sunday. I hope you're having as good a time as Kurt and Blaine are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's too late, baby, now it's too late Once in your life you'll find her Someone who turns your heart bad but now they're okay only me or oh my you're the apple of my eye girl i never loved one like you found you hiding here so won't you take my hand darling there's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular lar and